Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. Earthpack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, this week has over three decades of experience working for brands like Arnett, Billabong, and Fox. Woo! From sales and marketing to events to producing, he led the charge of it all. Marketing, direction, films, budgets, contracts, which he built a legendary surf, skate, and snow rosters for all these brands. Huge. This guy has been working with some of the biggest athletes in our industry and was executive producer of Surf Madness and Andy Irons, Kissed by God. Seriously? Yeah. Fuck yes, yeah. Good, good little ones. Louis was sick. He is co-founder of Caddis Eyewear. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. All right. And we're excited to hear more about this Pepperdine University graduate and what he has to say. We welcome Enoch Inz. Enz. 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 Harris. Woo! I guess. Ah, Thanks for having me. Like, you, guys, you guys did your homework. I like you it. You know, how do you get into Pepperdine, you smart feller? Uh, I actually got lucky. I groveled my way in there. I, I actually ran in high school. You're not because I, I wanted to, because I was good at it. Yeah. Like, I was running faster times in PE class than the varsity team was in my high tops in, in board shorts. And they're like, you got to run, you got to run cross country. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want, I was on surf team, San Clemente. I didn't want to, I didn't want to run, but um, I was like, good enough. So then I, I ended like up. Like track, like 100 meter or a long well, I ended up doing both country. because yeah, it was fast. So, 
um, cross country to start with, and then of course if you're running cross country, the coaches make you run track. So yeah. I, I was doing both. Rad. And well, I, I kind of knew at an inkling that I'm kind of good enough. I maybe can get into college with this. So dude, that's, that's epic. How it ended up. What a did your, was a surprise? Did your parents <laughs> give you that edge or no, like school counselor? I actually got declined for a Pepperdine. My brother got in and I got declined. Um, and then I went and talked to cross country coach, and he did the little like, "Hey, this kid can run. Let's let's let him in." So I mean, it worked out for yeah. me because <laughs> it, it's all times, you know. Yeah, like, it, no, it is. So I mean, I was really at eight, the best. I got best with the eight hundred. I was doing like one fifty eight, eight hundred. So you know, like under sub 200 sub two minutes so fuck yeah but i ran i ran i got into school and then i was there two years and then i'm like i gotta go semester bottom i'm done i just it got me in it yeah. did exactly what i wanted to do it got me to pepper and i was great. stoked yeah, yeah. I, just, I didn't want to go somewhere where i could still surf so nice i was in san diego santa barbara i'm like ah i want to go somewhere to surf yeah so, <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning well, where yeah. did it all yeah. happen Oh, well, I mean, where did you find surfing? I got lucky. I moved to San Clemente in '83, and imagine you know landing there in 1983. It's like Jimmy oh. Jimmy Hogan and Dino Mac- and Dino McNulty and Bros. McNulty's like the Bessians, the Fletchers, like Askowitz. I mean, you couldn't have landed in a better city Fuck. on the coast. So deep, you know, yeah. as as a you know, I don't know, it's eleven year old grom, pretty gnarly. Yeah, too. yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot, but I mean, San Clemente, like <laughs> no, for sure. Where were you from before? I was I grew up in Thousand Oaks. And oh shit! When I was I moved to I moved down to San Clemente when I was eleven, so fifth grade. I moved what down there. a amazing <laughs> opportunity and move! Thank God. Thank yeah, God. your yeah. parents were like, yeah. "We're moving to San Clemente." You're like, "Damn, no, what?" No, you are at that age. You're so like in your kids, like your friend zone. That you're yeah. like, you're really gonna uproot me and take me away, and ended up being the best thing that ever happened did, to me. Did you surf prior to moving to San Clemente? Uh, I hung out like not really. I was like, okay. uh, of course, here Thousand Oaks. You're straight over here from Malibu. So yeah. you're Zuma. Like all my early memories of the beach were Zuma. So of course, boogie board and Zuma went up. But you're living at Thousand Oaks. You're not. You're not a daily surf rat. Yeah, you know? like weekend you're, warrior. Yeah, you're getting over there with yeah. the moms taking you a little bug. You know, through Canaan over the hill, and Dang. it was cool. I yeah. remember. I remember Zuma. Those are my first beach memories. But I, I didn't surf yet then. Were you no. skateboarding or? No, I mean, you grew up in Thousand Oaks, you're like playing soccer and, you know. Yeah, you're not, running. Not much, you know? Suburbia. Yeah, you're just, you're kind of like, yeah, and, and yeah, I was so lucky. 83 landed in San Clemente, it was like the best time to be there. Yeah. What a change of culture, right? Oh, I mean, it was just straight night and day. I mean, you go from Jockland to like, there's no choice. Like, yeah. no choice in the matter. You show up in San Clemente, I lived in Shorecliff, so like Pochi was right at my doorstep and, oh, wow. and started you know and that's where you know Christian and Nathan yeah. their grandparents there the Hoffmans were right there in the beach. but you could have Beach Road right yeah Beach Road I yeah. mean yeah I mean I was walkable literally just grabbed my board and walked straight down to Pochi like mm. so so you moved to San Clemente or San Clemente mm-hmm. is it Capistrano or San Clemente it's San Clemente like okay. Shorecliffs is San Clemente Shorecliffs is that little community that sits right above Pochi okay but yeah. you would have probably fallen into surfing because there's a lot of eventually like it's, we have interviewed quite a few people yeah. that were from the valley yeah, yeah. They, i could have got lucky but yeah. but i got really lucky but yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it went from like a maybe to a guarantee it went yeah. to a guarantee there was no choice i met my best friend ethan and um his sister miley and they surfed and it was like we were at the beach yeah every 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 we would every day crack just down there you know yeah you actually surf. started boogie boarding you surf first, to, you, know? you don't surf you yeah. know like yeah. around everybody yeah there's a classic story about how i started surfing though i i, I tried to start surfing i kind of got hurt in the beginning i was only i was a grom so i started boogie boarding a little bit and then one day my brother and sister both surfed and we saw nathan on the beach and he was like literally like i was like a head taller than him he's like dude why are you still bodyboarding like what are you doing i'm like <laughs> so literally like called me out i'm like right you're right and that day, that day walking home 
this guy named the dude, like we just named him, nicknamed the dude. He literally pulled out a six six hours garage and gave it to me. He's like, you can't bodyboard anymore. Here's your board. Not yeah. really set so me Nathan on my path. Nathan Fletcher. Yeah, literally, I swear to this day, I remember he, it vividly. He's, yeah. uh, is he your age or a little? He's just a little younger, barely, like like not even a year. Like yeah, just, like we're all the exact same age. Yeah, you know? but back then we were little. This is when he still had his like airbrushed of like his Star Wars figures on his board. That yeah. was like Tiny. yeah, back riding like Stuart airbrushed boards. You know, Asterix era and. Yeah, he's just like, dude, you gotta start surfing, like, because my brother and sister were both surfing. And, yeah, and like, how much older are your brother and sister? They're younger, so they're like, oh shit, yeah, two years and one year, like, yeah, they're younger than you. Yeah, we're actually step like brothers and sisters, but like, we're all like same age. So me and my brother are actually in the same grade, like best friends, you know. And they were already surfing because they grew up in San Clemente. So oh, I showed up there okay. in '83, and we became best friends. And got it, got that it. Not really like you know that set me on my path. Yeah. Know? So Nathan Fletcher. So yeah, because we were all friends. We were all ratting at the beach because his grandparents were there. We were all on Pochi. Pochi back in 83 was like the epicenter of San Clemente in a yeah. weird way because all the hot chicks would go to that beach club. And you're talking everybody would come to the, like Pochi. Like it was like, it's so weird. Yeah, you had the pier, but like everyone would come to Pochi. Like you, you go through that the was names, meeting like, grounds. Yeah, yeah. It was, and the waves were good there. The way, the, it was mainly they were coming there because the chicks, you know, for yeah. sure. You know, <laughs> all the hot chicks were hanging <laughs> out sure. there and they were all coming and the way is, you know, Pochi was like the reef there and back in the day, like it, it was fun. Yeah. It's definitely changed a lot with sand migration, you know, with like, the harbor there and it's totally changed, but, but it was like, it, there was some great, still, you know, that, that reef gets good out there. Yeah. And then you said the dude, the dude, we nicknamed, this is pre the big Lebowski. We, we called him the dude. Like we didn't know his name. We're like, dude, the, the dude, he gave me the board. Like, so classic. Yeah. He gave me board a six, six. I'll never remember. Like a six, six, just board. And it's like, you gotta start surfing. And it was that. That was what set me on my path. Like, it got me off the boogie board and on on start surfing. Yeah, the dude gave you a <laughs> six six surfboard. Was it a single fin? No, it was a thruster. It was a thruster. thruster. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a trip. Yeah, like yeah, so crazy. It, it was. And did you see him like throughout the years? Like, was he? It disappeared a little bit. Like you know, we'd walk past his house every day because that was when we were living up right next to Shore Cliffs. Um, so we, that's when we lived there. We moved to the house a couple years later, so didn't really see him much after that. We moved over above the golf course, just yeah. um, still right there in Shore Cliffs. That doesn't happen often. Like, no. just gives Dude, you a board. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh-huh. I hope you paid it forward. No, I 100% always. I mean, yeah. like, that's why I've never seen you. Know? I've never seen you with boards. Like, anytime anyone wants to ride a board or take a board. like. But you know what I mean? When you're a yeah. kid and you're like, man, obviously you're going to progress. And you're going to want something a little bit more suited, yeah. like size-wise and stuff. And yeah. then, you know. How was that board? It was killer, yeah. It was just like, you know. You know did, you, like, did you progress and learn? Good enough to then I bought my first board off um, uh, Pinkerton, Jim Pinkerton. You remember Jim Pinkerton yeah. back in the day? His daughter's killing it right now on the yeah, tour. Yeah, killing. killing it. Yeah, killing it. But I ended up buying this like turquoise, I remember it this day. Like my first board I stepped up from that was like, um, it was like a turquoise arslay like with pink graphics on it. Like this so yeah. so classic and, and we, we talk about how awesome like those old boards old were that, that, the, the logos were all this big yeah the sprays were all dialed yeah it was like this bright turquoise with a pink arsley logo on it and, and that and was like my first like step up board like at uh, that time oh yeah a lot of dudes that ripped were riding those boards well yeah. jim and jim was just like writing his little his little mini pro career that he had you know he'd won nationals and then he was like that yeah you know yeah a pro at that point. So. I remember Bellinger rode those boards, right? Mark yeah. Bellinger? Yeah, he might, yeah. Um, I, so. I forget who else, but I remember seeing our sleigh boards in the mags quite a bit. Yeah. In, in like the breakout and like the early surfer surfing mags. No, 100%. Um, what a trip. So 
like going back, did you trip out when you moved here and you're like, holy shit, like everyone surfs? Yeah, I know. It just becomes second nature. Like when you're living in Shark Cliffs and you're right there at Pochi, like it's just second nature. You're surfing every before school, you're surfing yeah. after school, you're surfing. It's just because like, back in um, in Thousand Oaks, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you, you're 11 years old, you're not really paying attention to like you know fashion or like what you're wearing or what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like no, none of that. Yeah, like, your world is your parents, your siblings, and then like. If you play uh, like an organized sport, you yeah. know, like school, it's like. But when you go to a surf culture and town, like everything's about surfing, and then everything's about not not that everything's about fashion, but you want to look the part. Sagamore, right? yeah, Sagamore is everything. I mean, the movie, like you know, the, the don't hang out with the stoner surfers. <laughs> yeah, get hair parents, you know, like all the riffraff like they're not that bad i mean we were right away I mean, on skate uh, skating all over town you know that yeah. was our mode first mode of transportation i mean i remember i was telling herbie i, I saw herbie at five summer stories uh, reunion the other night and i was telling the story about like dude i used to i used to dot my whole board with dots because we'd dig in your trash can behind astrodeck and we would take all the dots because you guys would pop them out he's wow. like i used to do that on purpose for a while but then we threw all the stuff in there and then we had see people started getting pissed because kids were getting cut because we threw all the stuff the razor blades and shit and kids were getting cut up so we started having to pour lamb and resin shit on it and I'm like yeah we were still digging in there even then <laughs> we used to dot like our whole pad would be all dots because yeah. we would dig all the how a- interesting excess that was your deck out of there yeah I mean that's just like San Comini back then I mean yeah. just think about all the stuff Tra- Tractop was there with G Dub and yeah. you know Astro Deck and just I mean that whole culture was so insane what yeah. what um. Like, what was your local break versus, like, going, like, where did you venture to? Well, as soon as we, like, we got off skateboards out of, out of like, elementary school, we yeah. got, oh, we get bikes with racks, and then it just kind of opened up everywhere. I mean, yeah. we were... Because there's a lot of little nooks and crannies. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, of course, 204 was, like, our closest that we stopped, but, like, you kind of get into, the, like, your spot. You know, Riviera, yeah. Rivies was definitely, like, our spot. Like, you know, we did, we did definitely lowers and cottons and that stuff, too, but... That's, That's a journey still. Rivies was more like our zone than it was really the pier. Like there was different people that were kind of pier, but like yeah. we a little bit more Rivies. Like I mean, beach activities. Like at, and when you go to high school at San Clemente, you get beach activities. So every morning you're at the pier, but then you're running down to T Street. So it was really like T Street yeah. and Riviera were like the main spots. You know, yeah. we, we did start the pier too when it was good and tide was right. Because that's where you had to check in every morning for class. You'd bring your little flashcard down and leave it at, at the step, you know. So then you run and surf and come back. That's how you checked in. Was that you what picked up your card after you surfed? We had to paddle the pier. Yeah, we had to run. We had to do the little calisthenics and yeah. run a couple towers, and we had to paddle the pier. And once we came in, then you could they could check you off. Be you, you surfed in between, but then you had to do all that too. Or no, you just right when you showed up, like, right, right wow. before you even started surfing. We only had to do like act, like run the pier when it was like blown out or flat, yeah. or you didn't want to surf. You had to run the pier four times. Well, now yeah. we're down there every morning. And I don't see anybody doing anything. Yeah. Freaking what's is these little woke? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it used to be grindy though. Like, it you was. used to surf every day, no matter what. Like, and that that was, that was what made it like on days you had nothing to do with. You still had to surf. Rain or shine. Yeah, it was on. Yeah. Only day off was lightning, but that never happens. <laughs> no. Every few years. Uh-uh. So that was it. Once we got our bikes, bike racks, we, yeah. were, we were like T Street and Rivies, like that's cool. pretty much every, every Cottons. Day. Yeah, Cottons for sure. Because that's all year round. Like, I still love Cottons. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's still like, I love Cottons. It's just because it's like everyone's at, at lowers. Like, yeah. It's almost like a beach there. break with kelp, you know, like you kind of get you left and right. It's a little bit more slopey. A little bit. The crowds just mellower too. Yeah. This is what it mainly <laughs> thing is. Like, oh, Lyndon, that's why he likes it. Yeah, <laughs> the crowds mellow. Like, I like it. I mean, it's just fun down there. You're not so froth vest with all the kids and everybody that's expert. Pro or pros like 
so still loving cons. <laughs> so did you kind of experience any kind of localism with the other kids? No, or? I got super lucky. I ended up like the, my whole crew was like um, was all the crew it was like uh, Jerome Waitman, Sean Flurio, Chad Navarro. Um, you know that that was all my grade. Eric Crane moved there in eighth grade. He kind of came in uh, ninth grade. I think he moved into San Clemente. So like. Uh, you know, our whole crew was like surf team too, San Clemente. So yeah. like, the, the whole, I didn't really know. It was just kind of part of, we were all the same crew. We were all, you know, we yeah. had such a good, like that, our age group was, was epic. So there wasn't too much, of course, like Dino when you're a Grom, you know, or, war, you know, he was grunting out in the water, you know, those yeah. guys were like, like a little bit older. So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you definitely knew your spot in the lineup and, oh, you know, sure. when the pros, when Archie and Dino and those guys were out, like you just... Yeah, you were they just, you're they want. You just like, well, you're not trying to grom out, you yeah. know. Sometimes, like you know, when they were like in the magazine, they were they were on in the top of their game. Like this is when they were on PSA the PSA tour. Yeah. Like yeah, they were all the Bud tour, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were all at that age. Like they were God, you know. They were yeah. gods at that point, and we were just lucky enough to be living in the same hometown as them. You know? Yeah. So that is wild. Like I said earlier, Dino, Shane Beshin. Archie, uh, Nikki, Nikki, like Fomenko, like, like we so said, the McNulty brothers, like yeah. Joe and Terrence, you know, they're Mark. of course, Brian was already on tour or whatnot at that time, yeah. and Jimmy Hogan and all those guys yeah. were a little bit older, you know, and yeah, Mike Parsons, Chris Burke, Big B, Big B was Burke, Big yeah. B was one of the like him and uh, Chris Morrow, like some of my Morrow. earliest <sighs> memories of like getting taken with those guys yeah. to like lowers and surfing with them, you know, like yeah. that's some of the ki- stuff as a kid you remember, like. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm go- These guys are in the mag, but I'm. I'm jumping in their car and we're going surfing. Yeah. like you know, you're like pinch yourself. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah, you're just like I, I. just went to lowers for the first time with these guys. Like, yeah, and like you know, it's even though it's just right down the coast. Like same here. Like Huntington, go surf Newport is like wow. We're gonna go surf Newport. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. it's like a whole but, like. Yeah. But it's right there. <laughs> but the 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 right passage is hanging out with the those guys. Yeah, like yeah, they're they're accepting you into their tribe or whatever you know what i mean like now, i was like my best friend was chad navarro so like chad navarro at, at that time was kind of like one of the guys that yeah. all, a lot of the brands were like touting like he yeah. was on billabong he was on beach you know he was on beach he beached down to billabong to like you know yep. had the board sponsor had everyone so you know we were like wingman together so he was ripping and winning contests i was just like you know i was surfing doing okay in contests yeah. but not like winning contests like he was yeah. so it was killer, you know. I was just in the mix with all of that, you know. Got to go do walkthroughs with Gomez at Billabong, you know, and fill up a box of clothes, you know, yeah. like that kind of so stuff. As a kid, you're just like, this is as good as it gets. Did you you surf uh, contests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I surfed all the contests. I did an SAWSA, like, you know, make a final here and there. You know, I was never like the guy winning anything, you know. I, yeah. You know, but my friends all were. I mean, that was, that was like Don. You know, it was that time with like Donovan and. Um, Rob Machado and Beshi. I mean, I remember going to NSA and I had at Creek, and my heat was like Slater, Beshin, Hans Hagen. Um, it was like, you're just like, yeah, I know. So it's just like, dude, every best, you know, you're like, oh. So I, I always knew where I, I, mean, I, I had fun yeah. in sort of contests, but, you know, it was. Did, did you get sponsored? Yeah, yeah, I had sponsors. I had classic old ones like uh, Offshore when Coleman was running it. Awesome. Um, I had Hot Tuna at one point. <laughs> like Amy sunglasses. Like just like just classic, classic stuff. You know? But dude, how fucking awesome was that? Oh, it was, and they, yeah, it was insane. Like I remember going to a contest at uh, it was at the River Mouth at up in Ventura River Mouth, and it was 
massive dude like it got so big and we were just growing it was in the heating division or whatever wsa and it was it was a wsa and it was it was I mean, it was big. It was like solid, it, like it just six to eight feet easily. Yeah. And as a grom, when you're mini Huni division, you know, we're yeah. just not even like I made it out the back once, and then I remember just getting smoked and paddling the whole whole time, and then getting a letter from Coleman in the mail, like try to use try to use the rip, uh, you know, rip ties next that time. <laughs> getting a little letter in the mail, like think about this next time. Like I remember, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember cool. I caught us like, at Ventura Harbor. Like yeah, yeah it was. You know, when you're a kid, everything's yeah. big, but it was big. Yeah. That's Craig big, big. Coleman, right? Yeah, Craig Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. guy was kind of gnarly, right? He was. Super For sure. gnarly. Competitor, too. Like, yeah. Kind of like like thinker kind of guy, like Smith. Yeah. Like yeah. Mike Parsons. Like, yeah, he's, a lot he's going snapping on, on the stage, beach you know? and like... Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he ran the Alita store, right? Or ran... Didn't he work uh, at the Alita store? Alita, maybe Team Gear, maybe a handful of other... Yeah, shops. And he definitely run the offshore team for a while because I mean, yeah. I vividly remember, I remember that, that mail and like, how cool is that? Like, he actually watched my heat and then wrote me a letter. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's so. Cool. That is really cool. Yeah, because like, that's like a form of mentorship that you don't really hear mm-hmm. about no, from back then. No, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. What What about like your like surf shop hang? Where were you, Where was your guys? I wrote, like, I wrote for Surf City, which was this. Remember the surf spot in San Clemente, which yeah. was like that was early on. That was a core killer shop. That was uh, Roy Gonzalez. Huh. And like all those guys running that store, it was like Archie, was Archie wrote for the surf spot. If you look at old stickers, like you see the surf spot on his. Where was that surf spot? That was right. Um, you know where Boys and Girls Club is in San Clemente? We were driving up the hill. Oh, just past Timmy Patterson. You know Timmy Patterson's oh, yeah, yeah, shop yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, just past there, the top of the hill. I don't even know what it is—a dry cleaner now or something. But yeah. it's, it was right at the top of the hill, and it was the surf spot, which was was the coolest shop Ooh. ever. And then those guys couldn't pull it, so then someone else bought them, and they turned it into surf uh, surf city. And I ended up riding for them. Um, nice. Brian Bent was like ran that store. Oh, yeah, um, Epic. with another guy, Don. I forget Don's name right now, but he's he was all time too. And yeah, those guys were sick. They would take us to Mexico and stuff on like grom trips. Like it was cool. So that, yeah. that, that was they went from that to that, and I rode for those guys for a little bit. You know, did, did you ever get a shot in the mag or? Um, yeah, more so just. Um, like San Clemente surf team, you know, because we won like two of the four years we were in San Clemente. So yeah, a lot of that like uh, contest recap or like that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But I um, mean, what? It, I mean, we talk about like how cool high school like surf team is. You know, like yeah. you're part of you know like a team which is so unique for surfing. Like it's all yeah. individual, but yeah. when you get to high school and it's like, who who? Uh, what year were you at, at the San Clemente High School? Was there um, eighty eight through ninety one? So what were you? What, what were you like? Uh, ninety ninety three, eighty nine. So you guys yeah, didn't compete 90, against each yeah. other? No, maybe. Yeah, we, yeah, we would those things. Probably. What you were? You I, were, were, were ninety three. You were HB. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, those those for you the your later years. Yeah, I was. Well, ninety one was early. Yeah. So we were there because I was ninety one. Yeah. So you would have been younger then, actually. Yeah, you would have been what like freshman sophomore. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Who was on Did your they team? Beat you. Lar? Or we I don't think so. I think we were pretty much undefeated. Oh, really? <laughs> who, was on your team? who was on your team then? Uh, it would have been like the Deaf and Ball brothers. Yeah. We definitely served against you guys. Like, and um, Mark Austin. Well, I don't know. Yeah, Austin was probably Mark there. Austin. Yeah. And I don't know. There's a fucking shitload of good guys. But yeah. like as far as guys that were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because there, there was a time where. There was a good rivalry. We, we had a good rivalry. It was like uh, yeah. Dana Hills made a really good rivalry with um, you guys yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, Antonitas for a little bit when Rob and when Rob was there, yeah. and Taylor. Yeah, yeah. 
But so, did you have any aspirations of becoming like a pro surfer or? Yeah, I mean, when you're a gromith, you know, you're like that's what you're, you know, Aki's hanging on your wall with pots and like, yeah, you know, that's yeah. all. You know, I'm gonna be that guy. You know, hundred um, percent. But like, yeah, as as you get older, you're kind of like, okay, kind of see. I see what my friends are doing. I see what I'm doing. I'm. I think I'm gonna go to college and take that route. You know. And I went up to Pepperdine um, after high school and ended up running the surf team there, doing the college surf team thing. That's <laughs> killer. Which is cool, cool. too, super right? Fun. Yeah, like we put we put Pepperdine on the map for a few years. Me and my brother went there, and there was like Joe Dugan and uh, Jody. Uh, Joe Dugan. Yeah, yeah. I, we know Joe Dugan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, and then um, Jody. Jody was there too. Um, Jody Nelson. She, wow. she went there before. She, she went got, to Pepperdine. She went there for a couple years, and then she ended up. Um, she got knocked up. She yeah. got pregnant, yeah, and she had her son, which she does definitely doesn't regret that. She's yeah. got an awesome son. Shout out to Taylor. But she, when she was there, it was sick. We had an awesome chick on the team too. She was super cool. So she went there a couple years when, when I was there. Um, we had Tak Takuji. You remember Takuji? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. runs the surf team now. He does now. He's yeah. got it to where it's trying to make it Olympic qualifying. They're actually recruiting, which is cool. Like, yeah, you know, with the with that coming on, like to have second education stuff going on, I think. For sure. I want to see more and more colleges start recruiting for yeah. surf, you know? Yeah, they, uh, my daughter, they, she could have gone there for swimming, you know, but not for polo because they don't have women's, they only have men's polo there, which is weird. Yeah, that's know? right. My, my wife was a swimmer. That's where I met my wife yeah. at Pepperdine. Nice. Yeah. So, so, so um, you got into Pepperdine, you were saying earlier, because you ran fast. Yeah, well, yeah, I got denied. They, they they denied my application, so then I went up and I met with a cross-country coach, and I'm like, hey, this is this is how I'm running. This is what I'm doing at high school. Because San Clemente, we were actually good. My junior year, we got fourth in the state, so Dang. we actually had a pretty good team. That's because a lot of, you know, there's yeah. one big school, so that was cool. So I went and, when I got denial letter, I went and talked to him, and then he went and talked to admin and got me in, which was, was huge, you know? So yeah. Were you pretty studious? You were pretty... I was, no, I wasn't trying to your four point, I was, but I wasn't like... A lagger either. I was your middle middle of the road, you know, B plus guy, and not yeah. wasn't straight. Slide under the radar. Yeah, what, exactly. What, were you, uh, what was your major? I went in there as a history major, and then I realized, like, I, I thought maybe I'll just be a teacher or something. I went in thinking, and then um, I halfway through, I, I started working at our net my between my freshman year and my sophomore year. And, yeah, where, what was your first? Was that so your yeah, first no, job? So I, I basically was home for summer of between my freshman and sophomore year of college, and, yeah. and Big B, Big B was one of my earliest mentors, and that's who, like, you know, some guys take Groms under the wings, and Chris Burke was yeah. one of those guys for me, cool. and he was just always super cool, and those guys started, and I'm like, dude, just, I need a summer job, get me in there, and and I just called him every week, just hounded him, kind of yeah. style, like, Grom style, it's like, hey, I, you know, I just got a good feeling about this thing, you know, and ended up getting me in there i was like the first warehouse grom like you know and worked there for that whole summer and set up our first back stock and was you know arnie had me popping out lenses and lock tightening every glass he was just like the super designer freak so yeah make sure there's no screws loose it was insane like that was just uh chris burke um uh craig lark and arnie and, and bruce beach and bruce was on the phone doing sales big b was doing marketing and you know arnie was designing and craig was like the money guy and there was only four people like i was the fifth employee hired at our how yeah. rad is that little group though you yeah. know like really insane they all surfed yeah no froth every lunch break was like everyone yeah. loaded in you know the car and uh, i think uh bruce was driving a subaru at that time <laughs> driving a subaru and driving down <laughs> and surf yeah Every day, it was it was unreal. Like just such lucky timing, you know. Yeah. Like, did you have to did go on a cycling a, tour? No, eventually, eventually, eventually. No, we actually were riding mountain bikes. Like, mount, yeah. that's when mountain biking was kicking. It. Like, you gotta remember, nine ninety one was such a cool time in the industry. It was yeah. like 
was um, Volcom started. X Games started. Yeah. Like it was just this snow. Boom. Snow ring became cool. Like it was like infantry and kind of starting to blow up. Yeah. Like skating was starting to come back in vogue. You know, and this it was like a such a like magical time in the industry. Like yeah. all so the cool. stuff that started right around then. You know, did you have a job bef- before, like a high school job? Oh, I did everything, dude. Yeah, I what'd mean, you do? I started delivering paper. I had paper out when I was yes. a mom, and then. Um, dude, but bus boy at like that dinner theater down at down right in front of two hundred four. I was the grand when they were all older, but I would just ride my bike there every night and a dinner just theater. Just bus I worked. Me and Chad Navarro worked Sunny's forever. That Sunny's uh, the pizza Sunny's place. Pizza, like like that place all the super hot waitresses is me and Chad yeah, were the bus boys. The and that Monday night we ran Monday nights like that Monday pizza. The pizza no, it's pizza spaghetti nights. Monday nights. Oh. It's like half price spaghetti or whatever. And that place just flared on Monday yeah. nights. So, so me and yeah, Chad worked all through high school. That Sunny's was a, a pretty good spot. That uh, was the spot. Yeah, it was some class job. Me and Is Eric, me, me, and Eric Crane, me and Eric Crane managed Baskin Robbins in in Sacramento. <laughs> like, so it's another gym, though. You know, like, like, so many classic jobs. Like growing up, like just so fun. Yeah, I mean. Get coming in, getting free scoops out. I mean, oh, yeah. I didn't do that, but you know, yeah. like, yeah. No, same thing. Like, there's a super young owner, and like, he's like, hey, let's hire all the hot chicks. <laughs> so, like, you just look at the resumes, like, her, her, her. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I had a buddy. He worked, you guys uh, sneak beers? No, no. It was, never stuck beers? Uh, not really at work, you know. We never. I mean, maybe at Sunny's and Sunny's, stuff like that. I would yeah, have, not, not basketball. I would have hijacked a, a, a bin of uh, ice cream for sure. Yeah. All the boys are definitely on. I had a friend at, at uh, you know, Subway had their killer's cookies, you know. Yeah. They break them right there fresh. Yeah. He's, he worked and he snagged me a, a box. And it's like a 50-pound box. That's so big. And we just have it in the freezer and just filled so cool. <laughs> it. Dude, Dude you know, yeah. there was a lot of classic jobs through the years, 100%. That was just yeah. a few that I remember, man. But, but yeah. the paper out, the OG, like, yeah. I mean, the kids don't can't relate to that like, these days. No, so rad, you had your bags on your BMX bike with, yeah. you know, with two bags. And then collecting was always the most classic. When you had to go, like, retrieve the money yeah, from I mean, people. I mean, like, 425 collecting? You're like, where's my $2? Every kid, I mean, every kid work in the service industry. Oh, 100%. Just so they can yeah. see what kind of, yeah. like, Social network, yeah. social like communication. I mean, yeah, re- retail or food, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna just yeah. have to learn. How much? Certain... Yeah, how much do you learn? Like, do you work the ethic? humility, the Is you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it teaches you work ethic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, every kid should have those jobs, hundred percent. Like, socially get along with people that you don't necessarily have. You know, you have to get yeah. along with them. You know, like yeah. just just real life. Like, so all that stuff. Like, <clears throat> not having your kids work and go through that. Like, you know, it's like a rite of passage. Like, you need you need to do that. Like, yeah, just for your own social development. Yeah. You watch people that don't, it kind of robs them of that, you know, and they need to have that. It's important. Yeah. I've been trying to get my grandma to go, my middle guy to go hang out with my, you know, Grandpa Tony, who's like a hands-on, like, finished carpenter. I'm like, you yeah. need to go pick up some, like, grandpa skills. Yeah. Because that's, like, stuff yeah. you'll use your entire life. Yeah, yeah it is. That's where, that's where I really started. My dad was a contractor for okay, five so years. Good. So, I mean, I spent time, like, hanging beams and, like, yeah. the rafters and just, you know, my first job, actually, I had two belts with the, you, you know, I had to lock tight down all the walls, like, the, yeah. the nut and washer. So, I'd have a, a gun and I'd just go lock tight down all the different framing, you know. Tedious, yeah. but you got to see the whole, no. like, process. Well, you had to wake up at five in the morning to because yeah. con- when you're a contractor you're not Correct. getting up at eight or not you're, no. you're actually up at five you're on the job site by seven starting to work and, yeah you know you're done by three you're rolling cords at 3 30 but you're crit you know like those are big days I mean, yeah you're, you're 
sleep in the car on the way home. Such you know? brutal manual labor. <laughs> That's but it's brutal manual yeah. lucrative though. But it teaches you it teaches yeah. you work ethic, you know? Yeah. And it also like just the social development on a job site, like just like watching my dad interact with everybody yeah. it was like really a big life skill because he treated everyone the same. Didn't matter who it was. Like yeah. didn't matter if it was this person or that person, like he would work just, hard to Measure twice, cut once. Yeah. yeah. But just like how he just treated everyone so equal and rad, like, you know, yeah. it, it taught me a lot in life. Like, just, you know, no one's below you. No matter what job they're doing on the job site, like, true. You know, there's someone, there's someone else doing the job too, you know? Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, it's kind of rad because, like you said earlier, the industry was starting to blow up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sunglass category was fairly new. You know, to it was, the it was industry, yeah, the surf yeah. shops. Like yeah. back in the day, you didn't have a bunch of brands. And when Arnett came through, it was like the second or third brand that really meant something to the our surf. Industry. Yeah, the surf industry. Yeah. Like like glasses and surf industry. Were like, <clears throat> it was a kind of a dusty. They were sitting under the counter, getting dusty at that point. Yeah, like, no, well, one they, had, we didn't really have them. You had Oakleys, and that was about it. Well, you kind yeah. of coming out of the eighties where the blades were all hot. You know what I mean? For and sure. it was like cycling out of that. You know, at that point where like blades weren't the cool thing anymore. Yeah, it's it was like they were like yeah. and going and like you know, but they kind of in that late eighties kind of like went away. Like yeah. it wasn't cool. And yeah. at that point when Arnett started, like sunglasses were kind of dusty on the counter. And yeah, they kind of came in and were a big disruption like definitely like shot uh, um, adrenaline into that category in such a yeah. big way and by then you were at Pepperdine yeah so, Pepperdine. so I was working at Arnett during the summer so like so I'd come back and do something new every like first summer I was just I was warehouse Grom and I just set up our first inventory and worked on just getting everything set up in the warehouse for shipping and then came back the next summer and set up our whole customer service program because by the time I came back we were selling enough the glasses were coming back so I set up our whole process of how we did customer service which which stuck around for way longer than it probably should have yeah but uh and then I'd come back the next summer I established all of our Midwest distribute rep rep bring force and distribution I wow. kind of did that and then then I graduated and I came in and I was Came back and I um, did like I was West Coast sales manager, like running the whole West Coast, all the way from Alaska to Hawaii, everywhere. And you're you know, kidding me? No, so it was like it was honestly like going to college at Pepperdine. This was like my master's degree, like for sure, like real life style. Like I got to basically be on the front lines of watching a company go from zero, yeah, zero to to what it became. You know, Huge. front lines and did every job. Like so just like there. I mean, like. I went on to do so many different roles there, which was so valuable. Like even starting at Warehouse Grom, moving to like customer service and really yeah. understanding and running that, then moving into you know repping forces and um, establishing and developing territories, and then from there I came back and I we were big enough for okay I just took over like the most like you know the West Coast region which was really important and did that for a while and had the whole the repping forces going running that and then so were you when did you start making money there? Like I was getting like, paid normal, like you know, like I was wage. making money. I wasn't an intern when I did that first year. I was just getting paid like you know minimum wage. Yeah, and then yeah, and just I don't even remember the evolution of it. But you know, every time I would come back, I would get paid a little bit more and do yeah. something more important. Well, it's it's kind of neat, right? Because you're sitting there at Pepperdine, mm-hmm. going to a really yeah. nice school, right? Yeah. That has clout to wherever you go. Like your diploma from there, well open up doors right and yeah his second look <laughs> yeah it's funny like no one's ever asked me still to this day <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's well, sitting it's always sitting in my bedroom like tucked behind some cabinet over here but like i've but never held it in an office no i'm super proud of it and i was really lucky to have the opportunity and it was it was unreal like and that, 
halfway through, like that's when I realized when I was working at Arnett, I'm like, I can't be a history major anymore. Yeah. I need to do something valuable to take it to Arnett. So I changed my major to communications, which was public relations and advertising. So that's kind of how I got my background. Like, So you, you switched... Switch junior year. I switched to communications, which was public yeah. relations advertising. Did you get advice from somebody, or did no? I just kind of knew. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm. I know I'm gonna go work for a net when I'm done. Now yeah. I'm close enough to see like going yeah. off. I'm still in the mix as much this as is, I, you know. I've worked all these different di- yeah. departments. This yeah. is kind of where I feel like I could. They, no, they, every year like you're back. Just get yeah. back as quick as you can because yeah. like we had really long summers at Pepperdine. Like you, you go really early and you get out really early. So I had like almost like four and a half five months summers you know so nice. i was there a good chunk of the time all that you know yeah. time it wasn't like i was only there for a couple weeks or a couple months you know i was there for a good four or five months enough to like now did you live you up know. there too yeah i lived in i lived dorms or for two years you have to live in the dorms okay um which is killer i mean yeah. are you kidding me like the, the mess hall and the library like look directly at that point like you just watch it real every, you know did you, did you do a lot of surfing? Yeah, it's funny. I didn't there? surf. I didn't surf point that much. I was kind of like over the crowd. And you know, when you're not in the pack, you know, or you don't know, or you don't want to yeah, like, you know, so like I was kind of like, I'm just gonna be. I'm San money. I know I not really belong in the lineup. Like yeah. I'm gonna go miss those. But so I surfed a lot of, a lot of Zuma, a lot of zeros, which is right above Magoo. I don't yeah. even know where zeros is. It's like super like oceanside kind of like yeah. drive out in the farm fields and nobody, you know, just big open beach breaks. So I surfed there a lot, like yeah. really, you know, and zeros and um, radar towers is what I was talking about. Actually, that's the, right above Magoo. Radar towers is the right along the north fence of yeah. Point Magoo, and yeah. it's a big beach break. Like it's super like, reminds me of oceanside, like yeah. south. Why It's super south. Why yeah. As south as you can get. Yeah. Right against the... You're literally paddling against the fence yeah. of, of Magoo, like, and it's surfing that little zone. So. But that's a trek from, from where you are. Yeah, it wasn't that far because you just got, you know, you were already... Yeah, it wasn't that far. Zero's 40, 40 minutes? Yeah, Zero's a fun way too. I'm goofy foot, so I love yeah. the left. So yeah. Zero's is really fun. I surfed there a bunch there. Yeah. Did any of your on-hand work experience translate to, like, school work, like, helping at school work at all? Like, were, or is it just kind of whatever the... No, it was class like, taught and kind of had to follow direction there. It was just applying. Like I was trying to apply what I knew I wanted to take to Arnett. Yeah. To like my studies and like trying to like you know like I had to write do a press kit. So yeah. I did a press kit. I did the press kit for Arnett. Like yeah, that's cool. like, so, real real. Yeah, you so, kind of like I was. You know, came out with this killer press kits, and they never would have thought of it ever to do one until you know Hell like yeah. that. So I brought like. I probably saw it somewhere today. They were super insane. Like, because all the pers- like, look what I built for you yeah. know. Like, Imagine all the personalities we had at that time. Like, yeah. you know, this wasn't like Rob Machado. Like, you know, even all the other like, you know, Kevin Jones and like just all the athletes. This is when freestyle moto was happening. So you know, Emig and uh, you know, just that whole Crazy. time. Like, Arnett was you know first like super multi sport brand yeah. too. Yeah. Like, you know, where it was you know doing everything from snowboarding to freestyle moto to mountain biking, surf, skate. Well, yeah. And, and like looking back at who was there at our net, such big personalities. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, no. Bruce Beach is a big personality. <laughs> Chris Burke is a big personality. GT, yeah, is a big personality. Yeah, you know, like, and and for you, like, I'm trying to imagine like you're you growing up. You're basically growing up in the Arnett family i mean yeah imagine all those guys as your mentors yeah you're just younger where you're coming up and you're bringing your stuff to it but it's like those guys were really like forging forging that whole route yeah like they're working kind of hand in hand with those guys and that's kind of a rad mix of guys that 
were, were they supportive? Like, yeah, Grom, get your... Yeah, I mean, we were all... Come. It's like young and dumb, you know? Like, you, you, you know, it was right place, right time. Yeah. And, like, just that magic, magnetic energy of all of it, like, in that time that it was, and X Games and all of it. Like, yeah, because you're seeing like, all the, the units double and multiply. Yeah, I mean... And, and we talked with Bruce about it. It's like, you know, the Black Dog... Was pretty much the one it was first. the black dog was first. We had a, yeah. you know, a marble. We called it marble and a black black dog. And we had blue lenses in them to begin with, and they were giving everybody headaches. So it was, it was my first job in the warehouse. I was popping out all the blue lenses, <laughs> putting green lenses in them. You know, like and then some of the arms are falling off. So Arnie had me lock tightening every every single screw so down. Crazy. You know, like, that's how yeah. I spent my first time. Sure you know. anyway. But yeah. you know, Kristen, to to think back of how Arnett like shit, it fucking. Yeah, uh, Raven really. The black dog was Raven. cool, and it was kind of like our uh, frog skin, want to call it, in the beginning. But but really, the Raven is what like that rab, yeah, the big rap. side, like and that. Uh, is that, that the first one that you could bend? It wasn't really, yeah, because it, it had wire in the arms, yeah. and and you could heat mold them. We yeah. had heaters and heat molding. Like yeah. I spent so much time customer like heat molding, and like I still have it in my, with Caddis now. I still have it in my hands, just yeah. for being a grandma working with glasses so much. Um, but yeah, that, that first out of pots, I don't know if you remember, it was like, uh, uh, that freaking. it was still cool. That shot of him in the Raven that just really like put us on the map. Yeah. And then they had like an international team pretty quick too. Like, wasn't like Luke Egan and a bunch, didn't they have like guys all over? Like, so it wasn't, you know, you, they wouldn't just run ads of like the guys we know, like surfing, you know, local California. No, 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 no globally yeah, like, yeah. not quickly, but. No, it was quickly. It was yeah. so fast because just what how fast everything X Games really helped with that too. Just especially on the snowboarding side, like we had Daniel Multi-sport. Frank and Ingemar Vakman oh, yeah. and like yeah, all yeah. these like gnarly snowboarders. So yeah, it definitely took it. Um, international distribution had a lot to do with that too, though. Yeah, of uh, getting all that set up. And after I worked at West Coast Sales, I went to international and I established all the different countries around the world and go and travel and teach them how to actually sell and do our net. So that was. Um, after I did West Coast Sales, I went on to do International, which was such a cool, like, such a cool education on just taking a brand global, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how incredible is that? Like, you can't buy that experience. No. You know? Because it's so, it sales isn't rocket science, but to, to learn it from where you did at such a, a small to big company. Yeah. It's it's incredible because the network not only are you learning like the the science of, of sunglass sales but sales in general you're also developing the network and you're also developing all the different strategies and tactics and I mean that was the most important thing you're just waving the flag yeah. pretty much like you're just selling you know like the brand but like, yeah you got to have good yeah. good style glasses and trendy stuff but you're just like you're just being a freaking yeah, but those are relationships you guys. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, relationships, and it's like yeah, of course, Big B and Bruce and you know all those guys were super important, but it really like the the family was so much bigger than that. Like all the repping for us, like we yeah. had all the Burton reps on the East Coast. I mean, yeah. those guys were just like you know Copley and you know because like insane, like how the the whole family well, and then, yeah. then it went from like repping group US like you know everyone there to like boom, international which yeah. was like how important your national distribution guys were and that's who's bringing those other athletes in but like yeah. Bruce was talking about how like they wouldn't do trade shows and they'd save that money for like sales meetings and stuff yeah. to like 
get everybody together and you sell the frog. those sales meetings? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Had, we had the best sales meetings ever. Like, yeah. honestly. Were you in Cabo in the vans? Yes. In the van, the van, did, did you tell you a story about when they threw the food fight and threw the whole mango through my front window and the whole thing exploded? You just heard we the, came the, the vans were pretty much gone. Yeah. Oh, no. Like they, well, the, the Gaviosa was the first one, right? Yeah, Gaviosa was, was, yeah, the first one. And that's the one that you guys ruined two, two rental vans. Yeah, disappear. Yeah, the, the Cabo one was like the insane one though. Like yeah. you know, we had all those, we had all the combi vans, and like we had the gnarliest food fights every time going out to Cerritos. Like everyone would be hiding in the dunes, and like all of a sudden you'd come over the hill and like, whoa, man! Like your whole car would just get blown up. And I had a mango stuck in my front window, like a mango? mango, whole mango stuck in my front window, whole thing shattered. You know, people had yogurt in their ears and like, just like madness. Like we definitely like we came limping into Cerritos, literally like white flag, just like destroyed car. You know, we had some really, really good sales meetings. So you went from warehouse grom mm-hmm. to setting up the customer service yep. and then setting up West Coast sales. Yep. And then and then I went into international. And I, I started developing, helping um, Mark Lobrock, 106. Um, he runs Fortress Eyewear, I think, still doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, 106 was his, his code name. That was his repping name. But he ran international, so I started working. Is that his area code? That was his rep. Every rep had a number. Oh, so oh yeah, for nickname, the company. Yeah, his oh, okay. name became 106. Six, That's yeah, 106. What That's about crazy. Tom Winchell? What was his? <sighs> I don't remember Winch. I think he was in the 14s or something. Yeah. <laughs> Blue, remember Blue? Like Bob, Bob. Um, yeah, there's so many good reps from the day. We had the, we had the best. That was part of like the secret sauce is like yeah. Kurt Fry, you know, like you just yeah. think about all the reps that, that work for our net. Like there's still so many of my work with this day in the industry. But yeah, so after um, I did West Coast sales manager stuff, I went on to run international, like not run, I worked with 106 and I would develop, you know, I'd go to Scandinavia for a month and I'd do each country, you know, and then I'd go to South Africa and hang with Mike Burness and spend three weeks down there, like just setting up and showing them how to, how to sell. Wow. Yeah. Insane. Like such cool experience, you know, so, like coming right out of, out of college, like straight into like, you so know, you international sales and marketing and, and became like, yeah, I did uh, right after college, I went straight into the West coast sales manager thing. And then and how many sales man, salesmen did you, sales reps did you manage? I was probably like, I probably had 12 under me. It was like we split the country into thirds, you know? So I had West Coast, you know, all of, you know. And then as we grew, it kind of, you shrink as you grow because you have more accounts, more people um, doing more volume. So like in the beginning, it was like, you know, you had one, Bruce was doing everything. And then, you know, we'd slice it off and, you know, slice it into thirds. Um, You make it too much money, we're going to have to break this up. Well, not only that, just, no, like, you just, just in, a lot internal internal management yeah. of the reps and the flow no, and the amount sure. and the volume. Like, yeah, you yeah, just when you're doing, start. Yeah, you know. when you're doing like Moto and Inland accounts and yeah. like this, that's the sheer dirt, you know, to cover and then all the accounts, it's crazy. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, so that, then when I graduated, I went in and I, I did West Coast and I think I actually launched the bike. I did launch the bike market um, too because we, we did the threat. We did that bike glass and I was right when mountain biking kind of downhill mountain biking became yeah. cool and Palmer was racing and like all the BMX guys were, were going downhill. So I ended up spending time launching um, the bike market for us in that glass. And then right after I did that, I went to international sales wow. and marketing. So that was cool. That's how I met my partner, Tim, who I do Caddis with. Um, they were doing disrupting the bike market by doing like cargo 
you know, not all like we're like we're, Arnett, we're not going to be like, like yeah, like, yeah, guys, yeah, like we're going to do you know these guys. Make it look somewhat cool. They were doing long sleeve Hawaiians and like cargo. You know, there was he was doing Swobo back then, and they were like disrupting the bike bike world. We're like, okay, yeah. we, we, if we're going to do bike, we're going to do it that way. We're yeah, not, we're not going to do it like race 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 style. You know, and yeah. So that's how we kind of came into the bike market. So I spent time launching that, and then from there I went in and did international for a few years. Now was Arnett like? And Bruce, like, who was, who was like, who are you talking to saying, okay, you know, you're really good at this. We're going to move you into this. It was just like, you know, when you start a, you know, a company like that. Everybody's doing five jobs. You're doing, and you're wearing, you're wearing 10 hats. And yeah. as you grow, you kind of get more refined. And, you know, because after I did the international thing, then like marketing needed its help. So like yeah. I went in, that's where I ended up on my marketing path. Ultimately is I went into run marketing they needed someone to run marketing you know like you know um they just needed some leadership in there and some guidance and someone that could kind of like you like traffic traffic control in there because it's interesting to know and learn about that because you know when you're like a lot of companies they start hiring from outside Mm -hmm. like oh let's go get this guy he's you know what i mean yeah and it's neat that you moved your way up through the company yeah, no, right. I mean, it was, yeah, like I said, it was, it was really like getting a master's, master's degree, you yeah. know, in, in such a cool way. It was family, like they're, you know, it's one of those just magical, like chemistry projects that yeah. all comes together and you're all kind of on the ride together, like holding, like it's just, your growth is just so exponential, so fast, like yeah. so fast, went to zero to 30, like so fast, you know, yeah. back then that was a lot. That's like going to zero to probably 80 or a hundred now, you know, yeah. compared to what it's was back then, zero to 30. Sure. In any, was like in any market in any time yeah. it would be crazy yeah. now as it was then you know yeah and it's 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 crazy because like i keep saying you're a a, a warehouse kid yeah. you know yeah and here you are yep. salesman west coast sales manager mm-hmm. and then boom you start setting up international distribution and then you know what i mean yeah. like those are huge jumps yeah and, and learning and uh experience and yeah and that, you're like 23 24 years old you know straight out of college you know yeah like 23 24 and you're like you know running international sales you know yeah, yeah it's it's crazy you could not pay to get that kind of experience you know like yeah. it's so lucky to be like at that kind of experience at that age plus the the travel oh yeah the travel yeah well, you're snowboarding the alps yeah. you're fucking yeah. But you're surfing like, yeah. wherever it was it was really the right time though because like i almost didn't keep my wife through it like you know what i mean because like here here i am right out of school and she's like what you're, you're going to scandinavia for a month i mean y'all be you guys get married four weeks early? like yeah 24 27 but this i was kind of doing international kind of yeah. before she kind of like right during that time that she kind of hey, moved this is and she got it. She got it. She got it. Um, yeah, she got his that way pretty pretty yeah. early on, realizing that like okay, like travel is going to be part of your your job, you know. Yeah. And, and international is extreme travel because when you went to Scandinavia, you spent a week in each country. There's four countries. There's a month. I'm I'm leaving. I'll be back in a month. You know. And yeah. Africa was the same way. That back then you're flying to Africa. You're going for three weeks. Yeah. You know, at least yeah. a month. And you mentioned and I surfed in Jay Bay for a few days, <laughs> yeah. at least a week. I Michael mean, Burness is like a dude, fucking legendary. He's a legend. And that, that was the thing. He's All these people too. We were hanging out. It was like we we hired within. It was like industry still. Like so, when we went to Europe, it was like Reed Pender and you know Derek O'Neill. Like these guys were. They were pro surfers gone into industry, you know. Was, yeah. They were do, already doing billabong over there. So yeah. here we are with, with Arnett, you know, that's where it's going to land. So everywhere we expanded, it, it had some tentacle of, of 
sports, you know, yeah. sports. Whether it was like we went in Scandinavia with like the snow distributors, you know, or whether we went with like the surf guys in France, or whether we went, yeah, surf guys in South yeah. Africa. Jim Lazaridis did Australia, and that was like that whole, you know, uh, Sydney crew. Um, that's yeah. That's it's just like all those relationships you create back then. Like they still to this day, I work with so that's many. Crazy. You're, people, you're, you know? you're like twenty three, twenty four, going yep. abroad, setting up distribution. Like guys like Arness, uh, Mike Arness, right? No, uh, Burness, Mike Burness, Bur- Mike Burness, yeah, Burness, yeah. Like he's older, yeah, and he's like. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm trying, it's, it's kind of interesting, like, these dudes yeah, it, that are... it is a little weird, you know, being the grandma, and everyone's like, right. oh, but like... Who the fuck is this yeah. kid who's 24 years old that's <laughs> helping me set up my... my yeah, but, my like, you're not going in there business. with any ego. You're going there, like, living like, living and breathing the company, and, like, they're so appreciative. They're like, you know, this, yeah. this is how we do it. Like, I wasn't there, like, going, you know, telling them, like, just more show them how to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. here's how you go in. Like, you clean your cases. You don't just let them sit there and dusty. Like, I'd go in there and start working the case, and they'd be like, what? And I'm like, no, just, just dust all the glasses. And at the same time, you're taking inventory. Yeah. Like, you're wrapping out. Like, don't just come there and look at your case and go, yeah, is anything's moving? No, you interact with it. You yeah. know, like, you, you take care of you. They're going to appreciate you coming in there and taking the time to actually, like, understand and, and, understand and, and, clean and, your case do inventory like hey this yeah. is what you sold. these aren't selling let's yeah. swap them out let's yeah. get new stuff turn and burn like yeah like all that all stuff you know yeah. so make they, sure their current pop is in there like just yeah. stuff that's remedial but it's so important like yeah. every little li- like all those little like yeah. steps and all those little things is just one-on-one it, business it, but it's it is, pretty yeah. impressive and also were you ever intimidated like going to the no no never intimidated and i think like i could have gone there and like wrote a report like these guys are like bogging and like lagging like we should get rid of them but no you go show like we're all in it like go show them how to do it you yeah. know like that that's, that's and this isn't you know. like stuff going back to your your point of like you know you're a grown yeah. this wasn't like you learned this from school like no. this is just like you <laughs> yeah. learned it from the boys in, 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 yeah. in house like yeah. your team like, well, it's well, already a category in a new company you're creating all these processes too yeah I mean the international thing was just a, a, the next step of, of doing regional because yeah. I went on the road with every rep in every region and that's what you did you went on the rep like Joe Jackson Colorado I'd go spend a week with him on the road and then I'd go you know hang with uh, Maliki and you know uh, David David Liu in Hawaii and you know same thing you just showed them you know you showed them how to do it like you yeah. know and so like when when I went to Camden International it was like same thing instead of being reps I'm showing distributors how to do it yeah. so they can you know multiply it you know so, so how, how hard did you handle Florida too at, at one point in time no um, I mean I, of course I was super tight with everybody Dimitri and you know everybody over there yeah, like, yeah. yeah super you know great crew in Florida um because Florida is like the hardest Sarge. market <laughs> yeah. to kind of break into. One of them. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, surf was so big you know, and strong. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then just it's, you know, a, it's, athletes, a, it's a year or two behind, you know, kind of what yeah. sets trends here. But when it hits, it's like a whole yeah. another huge market. But it's definitely a little bit more of a hurdle than than other. Yeah, but places. when you got like Todd Markham, you know, like those kind of guys, yeah. like you know that whole that crew that was over that time, you know, yeah. and it, it just kind of. It was on fire then, like, you know, yeah. like you think about that crew back there, of, you know, Reineke and... Well, the um, big brands like, you know, Quicksilver and Billabong and all that, like, you know, the brands knew how important that East Coast was and they'd have an East Coast sales manager, East Coast team, like, you know, it had its own little marketing world outside of yeah. what America's yeah. team was or, you know, 
and it gets back to that relationship thing. Like, yeah. You know, glasses were an accessory, so it was easy for like a big clothing guy, like a Billabong or Quicksilver rep, to have a, an eyewear brand. You know, it wasn't in conflict. So like we got cherry pick a lot of the best reps in the industry, and that that's your that's your you know that's how you walk in the doors. You you know you can't be an outsider coming in and trying to pedal pedal stuff in our industry. You know, yeah. It takes the relationships and the years of trust they built with their accounts. Which is you know so deserved you know and then yeah. we get lucky enough to, to get a good rep yeah and, you know that's that's well, your the, key but the reps for sure like you yeah. know the, the 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 ones running the business but I I know shops on the East Coast is like we're not going to carry it unless you sponsor like yeah you know what like a regional guy or, and yeah. and it's sad that it's kind of gone away from that and we talk about this a lot like the business models have changed and yeah. where like the investments are and and whatnot and it's like that's so important to the the, the town hero yeah. the, or the state hero or, or the East Coast hero or whatever and have that like that the layers of marketing. Yeah, yeah, the shop ground is so important. And, and the yeah. fact that we moved away from that, the shop ground is so important. That was part of our life, but like the, you got to have your glasses on the kid behind the counter. Dude. And a lot They're of the... selling the product. A lot of the sub reps, you know, like yeah. that was their, you know, their local, they're the local guy and then they become the sub rep. You know, it's like your path into the industry, you know, for, for athletes yeah. a lot of time are like, okay, am I... I understand the industry. I kind of understand how it works. I was Paying a team dude, right it's now. Like Lennon said, the humility yeah. of like, you know, the reps are busy, like, you know, writing orders and doing this and traveling. The kids, you know, to clean the cases and change out POP. It's like, it's so much work. Well, think of how, many, how many guys you know in the industry now that were shop grounds at one point. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, yeah that's where I you mean, start. That's, yeah. where, that's where yeah. we started. A lot of us, you know? yeah. yeah. It's, it's like your, your kind of life blood into it. Like, it, it, it. I have conversations with my, you know, kids, you know, their buddies parents and stuff and they're, they're like oh i love your industry how'd you get in there this like amazed i'm like i don't know i was just born into it pay your dues bitch yeah. pay your dues. <laughs> that's it you know oh there's many years of not making a lot of money and just yeah. sitting around the shop floor watching videos on the tv for you know, sure with your skateboard you know and skating in the parking lot for hours the, and just, the best uh, is walking in and these kids have these folding boards for their t-shirts i'm like come on now <laughs> folding boards <Boom! Yeah. laughs> yeah. boards. i throw it up in the air dude <laughs> spit it around (laughs) but you know it's like man you guys like you don't need that i go it does make a really nice flat shirt but come on now it's just people come in here like if it's a busy shop and they just get destroyed i must have i was at surfside today love you duke i folded probably 50 shirts in like five minutes you know because it was like the section was this trash you know and it's just it just makes it look but that's our job part of yeah. it, you know? Yeah, 100%. But the sunglasses, like, you know, swapping out, cleaning, like, it's it's a lot of work, it's too. It's time-consuming. Time-consuming. Yeah. yeah. So, um, international, going all the different countries, and then you switched over to marketing. Yeah. After, after I did all, all the national stuff, I went in, like, marketing at that point was exploding, you know, like, yeah. And when, you, when we say marketing, what part of marketing are you I, re- I originally went in just they needed a traffic control cop because it was like all the sport you know all the different team managers all the sports they kind of needed mm. to advertise you know i went in to oversee it originally just traffic almost project manager style where like mm. so much stuff was going on you know this is when print print ads yeah and you're still like you know you're still real photos and you're just drum scanning your ads and like just the amount of flow and the yeah. different magazines we were advertising in and stuff and just Making sure that the flow was, yeah, was happening. Committed all these different magazines for all these different demographics. Well, and imagine, like, you know, time, pay, paying the photographers, yeah. like, you know, getting what? the ads, like, time, so deadlines crazy. and time and everything. So originally I went in there to kind of really just help traffic direct a little bit, just, now, just to now, make sure. did you make the switch on your 
decision? Like that's what you wanted to do, or it was always say, like, hey. I never remember being like, I don't want to do that. I was always like, all right, I'm up for the challenge. It was never like, um, it was never like that. I think yeah. net. It was like you were just down for the call. Like, okay, what's next? Like, you know, and that's great. when you you learn and you, and you grow so much when you're with a small brand like that, yeah. where where you're you're kind of. Every, you're watching everybody do their yeah. jobs too, yeah. so you're picking up a lot versus yeah. just like if you got graduated and you just say, hey, I'm in marketing and then you got already plugged in place. Yeah. And that's you're like, you know, they would expect you just to follow through for that. Like when you're small and yeah. you're, you're watching what the sales guys do, you're watching what design's doing, you're what, you know, yeah. like you're just, you're so much more aware of yeah. like the whole. Yeah, well, you, you're just down for the cost, really, you know, and, and Big B's shoulder tap is like, hey, I need you to come into marketing and just help. Like, we need help, like, making sure that we're not missing deadlines and whatnot. Like, you know. Which and, is a mere master's, like you yeah, said. There's just yeah. no way you could put a price on that. And that, that marketing part was sick back then. That was like, you know, it was Rick DeVoe and Cote <laughs> were oh, doing sick. surf, like, yeah. you know, and then Mike was kind of help, like, it was trans roller. No, this was a, no, this was our net. Yeah, Cote yeah. worked it. Yeah, yeah, Cote and Devote. A lot of people don't know that they were there no. in the early days. Yeah, I think they mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Bruce mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, I um, think Devote is and Matt Patterson was there. I think Patterson was before them. I think Blink's manager were... and a couple other bands or something. Yeah, oh yeah, Derek Devote, dude. Yeah, he's he went on an amazing. Like he's still killing the music industry. He's yeah. awesome. You know. Yeah. yeah. He, Matt Patterson was there too. Patterson was there, yeah. um, helping Big B, and then. Oh, there was, uh, I'm trying to think who else. And then then um, that evolved into Mike Carter. Mike Carter came in to help with surf at one point. That was kind of post those guys. Carter came in. And then me and Carter became, we kind of split the sports marketing division in half. And I ended up focusing more on skate and snow. And Carter uh, focused a little bit more, like more on surf. And, you know, Warp Tour was kind of both of us. And that was when we got the Gonzo bus. And we started doing the Gonzo tour. We got that big RV. And me and Carter were in charge of that. We drove that thing non-stop around the country when everywhere we did every warp tour like we would just go on the warp tour with it and we were part of the warp tour we'd just go when doing free haircuts shaving kids heads at, the, at every event like so wild insane just keep, I mean, giving all the bands glasses you know that's what we're on yeah. tour to make sure we're down all the bands in and just being there part of the warp tour so you're everybody's best like friend. that's you know. all such like grassroots marketing uh, that is so important and like beyond yeah you know when we look back at the things that you know you guys used to do i mean getting in the in the bus in the rv and throwing out high five shakas and promo that goes a long fucking way i mean the the disruption that we caused along the way was insane like like it it taught me everything about like how you look at a category like if you're doing what everybody else is doing then why are you doing it like there's there's no reason to be doing it like you need to find your disruption point you know and our net was that i mean we were doing crazy like orange glasses just to do them the big um i remember those hotcakes hotcakes the big hotcakes orange like there's shit people couldn't get and silver ravens for the beastie boys yeah like this yeah. is like iconic moments, you know. Yeah. Um, but just disruption is so key. Like, I remember I was at the US Open and I had the freaking winch guys like pull our bus up next to the pipe, like to pull the whole bus on snow all the way up there. And then we we made a yurt with hot tubs. So when the riders were done, they'd come in and sit in the hot tub with rubber duckies that we screened our logos on. You know, like <laughs> shit like that. You know, that would just be so, so fucking out there. You know, yeah. so different. You know, so that disruption it was Arnett was like that big teacher of like. Yeah, how do we you get a logo be, and yeah. product on everybody here, yep. or as many people as we can, and so. do and do it crazier? So you do it crazier than anyone else, yeah. you know. And how long did you do that for? I did that from that was probably that was towards the tail end of our net that I did that probably like 
late 96 probably 97 97 and 98 were like those two years i really did all the, all the marketing stuff um for our net like ended up really it was cool because i had skate and snow so i had like tony hawk and you know bucky lasik and willie santos and you know this that that crazy og team back then it was like x games was fully flaring at this yeah. point so x games was you know I went to a decade of X Games, but that one was like mad. Like it was just so new, and people weren't jaded by it yet. You didn't see it yeah. so much. Like Moto, you know, backflips. You know, I was when the backflip and the Moto, like Carrie Hart did that. Like all those different X Games. Um, but yeah, for those last, I did that ninety seven, ninety eight, and um, I, I ended up leaving Arnett at the very end of ninety eight to go work for Bill Wong. Right, right when the switchover happened between Bob and and Gordon. Hmm. I came in as the new regime for Bill Wong, um, hired by Paul Nettie and Graham and those guys. And that's when Bob took Hurley and went early. So how did that opportunity arise? Terry Strump um, was running, uh, he, was, he was helping production at, at Arnett. And then he left to go to Bill Wong and be part of the new production team there. And he's like, hey, I, I got your guy. Because like, it's funny, like Hurley, when they, when they did their split, they didn't um, snow. They took all the skaters. Yeah. And they didn't care about snow, so I got to keep Salas. First two signs were like Salasnik and Kevin Jones because Bill Wong. We got to keep those guys because they didn't want them. But then their whole, whole skate team went, so I had a blank piece of paper for skate because they kept their whole skate team. So that was like my first like, I was I was doing skate and snow pretty heavily at at Arnett at that point, pretty focused around X Games and all that. And so I I came into to do that, you know, to, for Bill Wong. They're like we Terry Steve, Steve was the one that. He brought, he brought me in and got me the interview with, with Graham Stapleberg and um, Nade. Yeah, Paul Nade. So I, my first meeting was with those two guys, like right on Trilogy. Like we had this little building in Irvine. What, what a crazy shakeup in the industry that was because we had friends that were reps. We had, you know, we knew a lot of the shops that yeah. were buying yeah. the teams. And it was like, I mean, just a complete. It was, it, was like, it was radical you guys to yeah. live and, through that and be on that side of the fence you know because like i was so friends with that side too you know it's for like sure. I, bob i love bob you know i love gomez you know like none of it was like personal but it was so personal yeah. because it was and it was not like that that like, division and that divide that divorce was gnarly like, gnarly and yeah. to live through it on on the side that was getting shit shoveled on it nonstop because everyone yeah. just wanted everyone loved Bob rightfully so like Bob's like the greatest well, guy Bob, created so much that, opportunity for so many people like how can you not love him but then I, I got hired by like they, you, that, you consider at that point the, like the dark side of the forest you know <laughs> like it was kind of but they kind of came in with like hey we're gonna we're gonna hire best in class and every I just remember like yeah. you know not a and and and. And Graham, they were like, we're going to hire, like, the best of the best. And they did. They yeah. just went and, like, started pinkling, right? Like, everybody that wanted to come. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to hire there really early. I think it was, like, number 22 or 23 of the new putting back together. Yeah. You know, it was just me and Steve. Steve Clark was doing surf. And then um, I was I was doing the snow skate thing in the beginning. And then um, Graham Stapleberg was still working at ASP. And we, me, me and Clarky and Graham, we all we all shared this little office. And when Graham would come in at like three o'clock from ASP, I unplug my phone cord and stick it in the wall for him. We would just had the same. We shared the same phone. We were in this little tiny office. So off, wild. Um, technology over in Irvine, right off. Yeah. Or like just a little tiny building. Like yeah. I mean, Paul is actually a mastermind Houdini for doing what he was able to do and pull off and not any lose any market share. Like True. year over year. I mean. To this yeah. day, I don't even know if it can be replicated. Like to go from eighty both million, parties. Eight, yeah, both parties both actually parties. totally give both parties yeah. huge credit. But 
the fact that Paul couldn't work with any of the distributors, none of the production guys, like, none start of from scratch, no, start from scratch yeah. and go from 80 to 80, like yeah. in the same year. I mean, the reps had so much to do. The fact that the entire repping force stayed, yeah. huge kudos there because none of, none of the reps really left, like maybe one or two left, but pretty much the whole repping force stayed intact. But all the infrastructure, yeah. all the designers, all the production people, yeah. all the back end, everyone was brand new. And to pull that off in one year, it's I mean, crazy. Give give Paul so much credit for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah wow. It was a trip because I I remember Paul was gotcha before that. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. MT, yeah, that whole South Africa, you know, little Durban of Laguna, like you know, between MT and yeah, Nod and uh, Wilson. And there's a bunch of even South Africans in the back. You know, Graham Stapleberg, like all in the back end, like like amazing Garmento guys like yeah. really understood the industry and, and you know Garmento and, surfers yeah Garmento surfers yeah. for sure and, and MT was really the forefather of giving all of them opportunity he yeah. brought all them over with Gotcha and gave gave all those guys like their tutelage in the industry and yeah. Ta- yeah. taught all of them you know they all got to learn like Garnett was like firsthand yeah. of like this little company that has exploded into, into something so amazing you know was they, it a tough decision for you to leave Garnett <sighs> dude I yeah I my life still to be talking like I was on the couch for like a month at least. <laughs> like, you know. I did two different times in my life. One leaving Arnett was one and then leaving even leaving Belbon both times like like I, I lamented over you know, because it was our fam like family, like yeah. like true family, like yeah. we went to war together and battled and like you know, those are still some of my best friends and some of my best memories in my life, you know. Yeah. When you like you, you it becomes it becomes your like you realize like at some point it almost becomes your identity and it's really hard to separate yourself from yeah. that and well I mean you were in high school working for Arnett you know yeah. oh I was in college I just yeah it was my between my freshman yeah college yeah, yeah. But, but close enough like close right enough now, but like year. your formidable years yeah oh, yeah and yeah. you went to the University of Arnett a hundred percent and yeah. and you you know learned so many skills and met so many people in that you know oh, in that, that time frame it was really what set me up to be to be able to, yeah, go to, to build along with my skill set but, yeah. and change is so hard to accept yeah, and is. like yeah. wrap your head around but right? there's also been a lot of change within Arnett over the that course you were there well too. there was some times that, that I got a yeah. little like like when Arnett sold for the first time yeah. I was sitting on the fence of like who got paid like I yeah. was like the fifth beetle like yeah. Every, everyone got paid down to Bruce Beach when they first sold to Bosch Mom. Yeah. And like, I was like the fifth year. I remember being so depressed yeah. that day. Not because I didn't get paid. It's yeah. more so that we sold and we weren't private anymore and someone yeah. bought us. And we couldn't, you know, I just knew something inside a little bit died that day. Yeah. You know, and it did. I just, I remember leaving. Like, I'd, I just, I left, dude. I just left, like, the day that the announcement came out. I literally just left and I had to go, like, process it. Like, here's our baby. We grew to this. And now, like, someone bought us. Like, yeah. I know it's going to change. And it, yeah, we all we all can now. I mean, the yeah. whole industry is is bought, but like, you know, when when you when you live it and you grow yeah. it, and from it's and you're infancy, just at the yeah. outskirts of of cashing in. Yeah, yeah, I was, but I, that didn't even that wasn't even funny enough. Like they were all Bruce and I remember Bruce and it was feel like being the last guy to get paid. I'm like, I don't, okay, I'm, we got sold. That's what I'm 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 bummed. We're not private anymore. My mom is not our baby anymore. Like yeah, yeah. I knew something that day, and then funny enough, when I when I left in '98 to go to Billabong six months later they got bought again and I was like oh, 
thank God, best move. Like, yeah. we already got bought again. Like, and, it, and that was in. That was exactly when the nucleus split there. Okay, that, so exactly it was right that before day, the second buy. Uh, right before, wow. like, literally months. It might not even been six. It might have been three. And then, hey. and boom, it came out. I'm like, oh, I remember being so relieved. I'm at Bill Wong now. I'm like, killer. Like, did, did you get a pay raise? leaving yeah yeah Bilbong. yeah going to Bilbong, yeah yeah that, that was cool it was a good a good step up for me yeah i still don't even remember what it was at the time but like yeah i just yeah. just remember like just yeah it was definitely an evolution i was going to go work for but Bilbong it wasn't now and, a startup brand it no. was like it's fucking billable no it almost was it did feel a way startup was like okay new crew all for one everyone's gonna hate on us everyone was hating on us like yeah. we gotta like head yeah. down and just like make it happen yeah and, yeah well i mean every move you know you, you don't want it to be a step down but no, you no. want it to be a step up yeah. and you don't want lateral moves well i saw the opportunity in billabong as a kid yeah. like that was like hockey like to this till this day like well, you know yeah. he was, he was on, on my wall like billabong was the brand like as a kid you become a lead you know like, sure. especially as a surf girl i'm like that's my brand like yeah. i love all their athletes i that's just my Everything. brand like gordon it's a whole story and yeah. the fact that gordon was still the one who was gonna go to work for like i'm all in for that like owner like he still owns Will on this day. Like he, uh, yeah, license is changing over, but you know what? The core nucleus of this company is everything I'm about. Yeah. It's like Gordon Merchant is, you know, yeah. what he's done and what he's built and made himself out of a garage. Like so I'm all in for that. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's really what, you know, that was kind of the deciding factor for me. Like I'm all in on this re- rebuild. How many did you have to jump through hoops? Like, did you have to, uh, interview a couple times no it was one time it was gnarly too you know intimidating nod and in, in grant you know south africa you know yeah it's like you know I just imagine everyone in the office of those two and it was just like you know like, this is how it's gonna be yeah it was and and yeah. uh graham yeah it was just in those two time. in the room yeah yeah um yeah because graham was gonna be marketing lead which he was and then paul was you know new ceo like gonna gonna run America, so yeah, I went and interviewed those two guys. It was, it was. Do you remember any questions that they asked you? No, I don't remember any of them. But I remember just it being kind of like Paul is very into, yeah, so business and stu. You know, like I remember being pretty, yeah, definitely intimidated by it. But it was, it went good, yeah. Because that, you know, not not knowing Paul that intimately, but seeing some interviews with him and and some of the movies, straight shooter. No, yeah. yeah, no. He's he's yeah. a call you out. he's a fucking you know. Yeah, he's a brew. Yeah, <laughs> business. Yeah. Leave your feelings at the door. Yeah, <laughs> I think he liked the fact that I was a surfer, but I I, I, I could do the snow skate thing, like the snow skate thing part. Which yeah. which probably gave you a leg up, you know, like uh, with uh, yeah with the, within the group because that was a part of the company that was really important to them. Yeah. Surfing was my lifeblood. I was everything. I was yeah. really a surfer, but like in my career path, I ended up you know. It, that crazy reason at the very end of our net, like focusing on those two areas a yeah. lot more. Yeah. Cause that was Olympic, you know, I, I was part of the whole first Olympic round. I went to Nagano for the Olympics for snowboarding and was goggle teching on the side of wow. the pipe in Nagano, crazy. like for Daniel Frank who got second, you know, like, wow. so like I got to live that whole first Olympic run. And in, in so you were at the first Olympics. I was in Nagano, the snow monkey, the whole deal with the umbrella on the side of the pipe, our net umbrella on the side of the pipe. And you know, I had like three or four guys in, in, in it cause we were international at that point. So yeah, I had yeah. a few guys, Place pretty good, but like Daniel Frank got second. He was our our big guy. He ended up getting second. Wow. In the and uh, oh, yeah, it was so insane to be there for the first one. You know? Yeah, like, that's the perks of, of marketing travel and just seeing yeah. like shit like that. Yeah, you know, it really is. You know, like I'll never forget being the first right? snowboard Olympics. You know, it was just <sighs> so cool. So so you s- switched over, moved over to Billabong. Yep, and. What, what was your role there, marketing? Yeah, I was. I, I really focused on that, and, and I expanded a lot of other like. So wakeboarding, I 
I did like all like Clarky was focused on surf and I was like kind of everything else. I had BMX going, I had weight crew, I had, you know, definitely the snow establishing the whole snow team. We built a really insane snow team like was that was anchored with Shalaznik and Kevin at first, but then we got Terry Dakitas and Kale Stevens and Andrew Crawford and like, you know, we had an insane snow team. Um and then skate team, same thing. I had Tony Hawk, you know, Dang. it's like, you know, and well, Bucky last thing. I brought Bucky over, and not Tony, I brought Bucky over. And then same thing, we just built a really killer, you know, skate program there, you know, Brian Patch and on and on and on, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, which was great. And, you know, I did that for a better part of a couple, two years um, for them. And then I hired Andrew Mariner to come in and kind of look over because Graham's like, hey, I want you to be marketing director. I need you to oversee everybody. Like, wow. you know, like I'm global. You kind of oversee the whole operations of all of the sports marketing and uh, I'll do that. And so, and that changes like, you know, I was overseeing kind of everybody, like yeah. the whole the whole sports marketing program, you know, all of our events, what all of the advertising, all the photo what shoots. What a great uh, yeah. compliment, right? Yeah. Like, you're kicking butt and I need you to step it up yeah in this other yeah as more more responsibility bigger yeah you're doing such a good job well yeah. we're gonna make you global <laughs> yeah marketing director yeah yeah oversee yeah i was over yeah so the cool thing was like thank god i had that surf background yeah that, that really gave me you know like i knew surf better than i even knew the things i was working in you know yeah. but i ended up knowing the things i was working in as well but like yeah. You know, it was cool. It kind of just gave, I, I had that 360 marketing background of all sports really by that point because of X Games and traveling and everything and establishing the different teams in every sport. So I really had that really good 360 view of everything going on it with um, sports marketing. So it was a perfect transition, you know. And then, then of course, surf's your behemoth. So like I'm really more so focusing on that and handing off the keys to yeah. Andrew Mariner and those guys to go run with the, the other programs. You know, it's still overseeing and very involved, but like, you know, we're sponsoring four four events on tour. Now, like, where do you, you think going? my time and focus is kind of going? You so know, now you're going like, on surf trips. Yeah, yeah. You went know. from snow, yeah, to exactly. sport, to X yeah. Games to now really exotic surf spots. Yeah. But what he was saying, he he had to put his focus on the four tour stops, right? No, there's yeah, no, there's yeah. At that point, like we had Mudaka, we had um, pipe. Pipe J Bay. Well, pipe was a little bit later on. We I didn't come until like 2006 when we took it from McCrow. Um but yeah, early on it was Mendaka. Um, it was uh, J Bay. Um, we had that Bra the Brazil event. Yeah. Had, I'm trying to think what other four. We had four at one time when Tahiti was in the mix there too. Um, so yeah, at one point we had like f like a quarter of the tour, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a lot. It, it, it evolved, you know. We, the events changed a lot, and we had a lot of QS. You know, that was in every company was underwriting the whole tour. So not only do we have seat the, the championship tour events, but yeah. we had a lot of the QS events too. So, yeah. um, you you mentioned earlier when you made the switch from Arnett to to Billabong. Mm -hmm. How Candy was your wife? Yeah, was bummed. She wasn't bummed. She was more just like, "Wow, this is affecting you this much." Like it was one of those, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like this is this means this much to you. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you understand um, how much like it, yeah. it did mean to me. And, you know? and what's cool is like you two are a power fucking couple. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and Candy. She worked. She has worked in the industry. Yeah, she was the smartest girl ever. I mean, she she watched what was going on really close, and then just was able to take it and apply. I mean, she she you guys all the time. Right? We've been together forever. We we met in '93, so she watched the whole thing. She, um, in '93, I was pretty established at Arnett by that point. Like, and it was fully, and it's like 
flaring at that point aren't it was so she kind of came into my life right when yeah holy shit like look at this company yeah. like look at all these characters like wow we're going to tahoe and we're raging with like the raddest people ever like yeah. Yeah. Going we're going to veil she she came in and she did the same she was advertising so okay. she photography advertising yeah she came and she's a swimmer so she's on the swim team so we met at the pool at pepper and we were both lifeguarding <laughs> another random job i did so rad but um so what what was her uh at- uh, career aspirations well she came from she she came colorado and then yeah she just she came out and then she was watching what was going on seeing all the people like you know shane dorian and saying at the house and Kira dylan and just all these different athletes and so she, yeah. she just fell in love with the industry too because she was right in the mix of it all like yeah she was around our net from 93 so she she lived the whole the rise you know 93 till 98 like that whole chapter and she didn't end up moving down to um she graduated in 95. She's a couple years behind me. So she graduated. So then she moved down in 98. We moved to Laguna. And then she started as a random PR job and she hated it. And then Big B and Vipe and uh, Nick Adcock started that little marketing agency called The Shop. Remember they were doing yes. that box and all that stuff? Yeah. And they're like, we need we need someone like, I you know. I got Reebok there like yeah. every other month. Yeah. So, so Candy, Candy got, ever. Yeah. <laughs> she got hired by those guys like yeah. to come and be like the office girl and to kind of like help, you know, make sense of all their madness. Yeah. <laughs> all those guys, you know. And uh, she worked there for a couple years. Um, or she got, she got her like, good taste of that and then steve asipin who started the family which is the agency down and uh carlsbad yep um basically stole her like we all i want you to come i'm doing the same thing but i want you to come work with me and he had a bunch of good athletes and they had a lot of x games work and at&t so she ended up leaving the shop to go to the family which is like jet competitor like they all kind of started like this agency group the same year so funny, but she went there, and then Paul Nade stole her from there. He's like, I want you to come launch Billabong Women's. Wow. Because Billabong Women's, like, Bob Bob flicked it. He never wanted to do women's. That was one of the dividing things. Like, I don't want to do women's. Like, um, that was one of the dividing factors where, where you know, um, Gordon really wanted women's to get established and launched. So... And Spree was doing it randomly, like in the beginning when the split happened. The Spree yeah. was doing it up out of um, San the Francisco. Spree, the brand? Yeah, I was doing it as like a licensee deal, almost doing women's, Bill Bill women's. Yeah, yeah. This was right at that changeover time, that 98, yeah. 2000. And so Paul's like, I want you to come and launch Bill Bill Women's. I want you to, like, wow. we're going to really do it. And so she came there and she spent, you know, 12 years, 13 years there running that shit. Gnarly. It was insane. It was really cool. At one point, I was women's, women's men's. We were there. Well, you know. I mean, if you're a Gordon Merchant, like, look at what Roxy did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. holy crap. Well, Candy was brilliant about women's. She's like, I see Roxy. It's bubblegum young girl. She's yeah. Like, I'm going to be that little woman. bit more sophisticated yeah. woman. Just a little bit older because younger girls want to look up to the older girls. And she did a really good job of, like, yeah, making it a little bit more, more sophisticated, shooting a little bit older older girls, you know, and then making it so bubblegum young, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to kind of bring that up and make that you know known to yeah yeah our listeners our listeners because it's it's a it's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy that we did that we shared a common wall like literally yeah. like her door went out to the women's division this way and my door went out this way to the men's division yeah. like it's so random to think that like, like when we say power couple yeah. that's a fucking power <laughs> you're gonna fight you're not carpooling to work she used to tell <laughs> me to turn my music down in my office and i'd be like turn it up <laughs> so, so you know not to um, belabor the point but paul yeah Stole her from the family. Yeah, yeah. He recorded her and got her to come, yeah. To launch Billabong Women's. Billabong Women's. Yeah, yeah. 
And what was her role? Like, uh, she just, I mean, she's all the marketing stuff. Cause Mandy, like they had designers hired and Mandy kind of came, Mandy Fry came in to do yeah. women's design. Um, and like, it was really getting a lot designed out of Australia for a good bit. Cause it was happening in Australia. Yeah. And just to bring it over, it needed a U.S. centric feel. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah. it, you couldn't just keep spoon feeding what's happening in Australia yeah. to the U.S. Like, it, you know, there's, so Candy was a team that brought in to make it very, you know, launch Bill and Williams in the U.S. Nice. You know, and make, make it what it was. Yeah. And yeah. She crushed it. She yeah. did, she did such a good job. Okay. So back brand. to you now. Yeah. So back to you. <laughs> now you're, now you're in charge mm. of global marketing for Billabong. No, just mainly U.S. There was U.S. Global, Grant, Grant was global VP of marketing and I was under him. So okay. I was over the, but you know, U.S. influence is big. We're growing, getting as close to big as Australia at yeah. this point. So Definitely had a big influence in the company. You know how you know Australia stuff still definitely the biggest, but we were right there. You know, yeah. as far as regionally. Um, but yeah, I was running all the marketing overseas, and that's when you know it was Shane Dorian, it was Ross Williams. It, you know, that was right. You know, I kind of took over marketing right when Andy we signed Andy in like two thousand. So you know, Taj and Parco and Rasta. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was so, such a we yeah. had the raddest team you could ever have. I mean, this I mean, how's not they have like you know. Like Andy on Gotcha, you know, or MCD, yeah. and yeah. then like straight or you know, like that guy was moving pieces all over the place. Huh? Yeah. Once again, it was the, the the super Matt, you know, the super one, which was MT, like you yeah. know, MT for sure. That after yeah. getting into the relationship behind yeah. the scenes, and it's like, hey, I want you know, if I'm gonna lose Andy on on my brand MCD, you know, yeah. I want him to go to someone Somebody. I want to be with that I knew was gonna look after his Definitely. best interest. So there's MTV being the Godfather and going like, hey, I want to make sure Andy gets taken care of. I'm gonna put him with who I trust to for sure with. so super credit MT for like helping kind of orchestrate that and Clarky was big too I gotta Clarky, give Clarky yeah. a lot of credit because he had the relationship from Gotcha because remember Clarky came from Gotcha so he had already had a relationship with Andy there so Andy was a big relationship guy it wasn't about what you're gonna promise me or even the dollars and cents yeah, you, you know it was more about yeah, like who trust. I trust and yeah. who's my yeah. close the fraternity of friends and Having those two relationships and the handoff that way is really what made that Andy deal happen. Was so crazy. So cool. So wild. Like, Gotcha MCD was such amazing brand. So amazing. Yeah. So on point. You know? So, I mean, look Andy at all the guys. Pots. And, and Pots and, and, and Machado. Archie and, and yeah. Archie. Yeah, like, you just go through it. Gnarly. It's like, like the yeah, their whole Blue Note campaign. Like, MT was like... A few mentors I really looked after. I mean, Chris Burke was definitely one of them, just yeah. as far as, like, the Hunter S. Thompson way you look at marketing. Like, like crazy. Like, MT was a version of that. Like, you know, yeah. you, like, you realize, like, some of the greatest creatives in our industry, they're borderline mad, you know? Yeah. But that's what makes them so special, and that's what makes them to be able to these great, like, disruptors because they're yeah. not thinking like everybody else is, like, you yeah. know? And, like, not even. And I just got lucky enough, like, MT used to come with uh, Bill Wong, he'd come sit in my office, like, Adam's office, he would come and sit in and he would sit there and like, come, come show me what you're working on, like, you know, I'd yeah, get to awesome. take him to our department and show him, like, what we're working on, our ad campaign, what's going on, like, you know, and I don't know, I credit, like, MT and Big B are probably two of my, my greatest, like, mentors like, that I've learned from. And, like, yeah. you know, you can't think like everybody else. you got to disrupt it, you know. And that's why they're geniuses. But they needed people around them to kind of help harness that. Yeah. And I, I got to be one of those people for Big B that I kind of really helped yep. keep the train on the tracks and just, like, you know, make his great ideas, catch a bunch of his great ideas and make them come to life, you know. Yeah. So very lucky that my career to have a couple of people like that around me. So amazing, but stressful, huh? Was yeah, it, yeah. Whose idea know. was it to buy those airplanes? 
<laughs> that was that was not that was definitely not it. Well, it was actually you know who it was. It was Castillo's Mike Castillo. You remember? Yeah. You know, I've like with him quite a he's, few times. He's a great and maddest man. You know, he's in the TV. Oh, dad. Like dude. you got like enough going to TV dad too. Right? I have like, stories with that guy. Yeah, for sure. In in like same like like so it was more Castillo's idea and then yeah. selling the idea to Nade than it yeah. being Paul's idea. He's like Castillo's. Like, how do I up my airplane game? Like yeah. how do I like? Dude, you know how many spots we could go if we had a C C plane? Yeah, yeah. And so it was room. <laughs> Castillo saying, "Hey, yeah. shoulder tapping Paul, like, let's do this. If you can do this, let's do this. Like, I, I can make it happen. You know, so yeah, yeah. that's where the idea came from. With, with Castillo. We, that guy is so MacGyver. Oh my! It's like we fly down in a Tividad and stuff, or, or Scorpion Bay, yeah. and there'd be this this spot. Can tell it's off some river mouse and a little headland, middle of mm-hmm. nowhere, and it was like legit, like Point Breaks. Nobody around. There's a little shack down there. And he comes as a flyby." And then you see this little truck go out. And, yeah, there's a runway. And we're like, where the fuck's a runway? What are you so talking about? Insane. And the guy goes and moves a couple of like rolled trees on the runway. Dirt, you know? All weeded up. And like we land, just thought we were going to crash because it was so bumpy. And we had to spend a day and a half pulling weeds and filling in potholes. <sighs> crazy. So crazy. <laughs> but we got to surf a wave that like... And then... He had a van he drove down like the previous summer. So he had a little shack and he had his van. It's all rigged with like solar. This is like before like anybody yeah. knew what solar panels were. This is like fucking 90s. And he had like this van. He's like, yeah, it runs on like water and like like solar, you know? Like, what? Insane. Yeah, I, I, got, I got lucky enough to go on a couple of the TV dad missions. But, but that guy was amazing. Insane. Same to MacGyver. Like the first time I went yeah. with him, he like... He'd be drinking a 12-er as we're flying. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping his 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 pee bags. Dude, he wrenched on our plane on the runway. Like, because he's like, oh, it sounds like a like, spark plugs out or something. So we're sitting on the runway in the little Volkswagen. And he's like wrenching on it. You're like, oh, my God. What are, what are we going for? But we had a great time. We went down to Tivy Dad. I was yeah. with uh, Gilovich and him and Larry. Larry Krause. So good. Crew. Sorry. That guy's rad. So he helped facilitate the like planes. Yeah, and Castillo stuff. was the one that, that was really his idea, and he sold it to Paul and Graham. Like, hey, let's do this. You know. Yeah. But and they had to buy two. I, they met. I, the way I remember it is they bought a plane that wasn't uh, like you weren't registered. Like you weren't allowed to use it for like commer- like flying passenger flying. Mm. It was like it was it was zone- like you know how you buy a house and it's zone you can't change. Same a plane was like. It was designated as something specific, and you, we were having, we couldn't get it insured mm. to keep passengers because the way that it was. So we had to buy another one, Crazy. So, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> I think we had, at one point we had two seaplanes, yeah. But, yeah. but I, those, some of those missions were insane. Like I got to go test it. We had to fly out to like a couple different lakes just in the beginning to go land and jump off it and just, you know, be, well, we're going to do this to get ready to like figure what we need in it. And then I got to go on, on the void message with avoid uh, that first mission with uh, Andy and Shane Doring. We flew down Scorpion so and we right. surfed that point just to, but we landed there and we realized like we can't like jump out of a plane with a hundred guys in the water. Are you kidding me? That looks yeah. so dumb. Like, so we ended up taking off and flying up to the next point North snips of the snips and those guys were down there to meet us. And they're like, Hey, like it's crowd. Let's, we flew to the next point up, which is, I don't know if I should say the name or whatever. There's a little yeah. point north of it. And we ended up surfing, surfing out there, which was cool. Getting lo- like pulling up, getting lobsters in the boat and flying back and staying at the camp. Like, yeah. Just insane. Yeah. Gnarly. They made a little show out of that uh, for outside television or something where, yeah. Andy was flying the plane for a bit. And <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. That was a good. Some well, that, was really a, good that was what's good about, you know, Mike. He, he, we, we all had hands on the 
the wheel for or whatever for a few. Hundred percent. Yeah. I always love he had the wetsuit in the cockpit, you know, as we flew over that one part to go into Tivy Dad, because he's like, yeah, if we go down here, you definitely need a wetsuit. Uh, <laughs> just having the wetsuits in the cockpit, you're like... So radical. <laughs> Who is this guy? Mike Castillo? Yeah. yeah, he was a pilot, and, yeah. like, he just was, like, the, the go-to guy. There was one other... Dad? Like, pretty all much all Baja. Baja. Like, yeah. so... When now they do all the quick strike missions to like Scorpion mainly yeah. like Natividad. Yeah, you know, I have to have a special like swell, and there's only a couple people want to land there because it's a really short runway, and you're coming in on a side wind, and and the people on the island had to know you, just like Scorpion. You know, like there was you can just yeah. go chatty, good old chatty. Which chat. Ch- chat, yeah, chatty was his nickname. Well, chatty would meet you, and then you could eat oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his house, like yeah. And so you had to have an in, you know, it wasn't just an open airport. It was like you had to, they had to know your plane. You had to come bring gifts and yeah, butter them up. And yeah, and the Tivia was gnarly because it's, it, the runway was set up wrong. It, it's not forceful. You had to get to go in sideways and yeah. then stick the landing. So you had to literally fly in sideways and then at the very end, stick your landing. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting blown at a side and angle. Yeah, and they have to like, because this side when you'd have to slam it. And then because if you've ever been in a prop plane versus a, yeah. like a jet plane, it's weird. It's totally different feeling. Yeah. You know, jet's like you're just thrusting through this. It's like you're pulling, and it's like just squiggly. It's like a Volkswagen like bug. Yeah. With like it has like no power steering. It's like, and they have to like slam the things. Like you think it's just gonna get blown over. Yeah. It's fucking wild. It is. And it's not how many people on the plane. Like, like four. Four. Yeah. Four, yeah. yeah maybe five maybe. in my excite. Yeah. If you yeah. had this du- twin prop, one. yeah. But like most of them are like single. Props and you're basically stuff. in a Volkswagen dude in the sky. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so similar. You feel like that. It even sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's bad, but fun. You're in your marketing position. What yep. what what were your roles? Like what were you? What were you? I would oversee like all of our photo shoots, all of film projects, um, all of the team. You know, the team, all the athletes assigning the budgets. Like I mean, pretty much everything. You know, Graham was a little bit more heavily involved because with the ASP background with the events. So he was on the very the front lines of that because he understood he came from that world. He was a judge for 10 years on the tour. So he really worked closely, closer with our events and all the contracts and just that, but still pretty darn heavily involved in the events as well as far as like athlete housing and who's staying where and just yeah, um, a lot of logistics. Just all like the, all any promotions or things that are happening, movie premieres around it, like, you know, like where G was a little bit more in on, on the infrastructure of the events. I, I kind of focus on all that activities and athlete and signings and all that around around the events what 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 athletes were like fun to be around work with and which were prima donnas yeah they're (laughs) i mean yeah no they they all i mean they're all cool they're all other job but everyone was great i mean of course you know no one wants to do a sign you know athletes are they're paid to surf you know and yeah i you know photo shoots and signings are are two hardest things you know to get people to do no no Surfers don't want to be models. They don't want to stand around and smile for the camera, yeah. you know. So that you know that frick, you know friction mainly more happened there. Making guys you know have to like stand in front of the camera and 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 do signings and stuff like that. Yeah. Tours and tour stuff, you know. But dude, we always did it right. We always you know made it fun for everybody. You know. Yeah. You know there was definitely moments for sure. Me and Andy screamed at each other a few times. You know for sure. Like in <laughs> Indonesia, like you for know sure. it's like surfing all day, and then I got to try to make him stand in some polo shirt in front of some bamboo wall. You know he's like, yeah, I'm so over this. <laughs> like, 
And I'm like, dude, I'm over it too. But, you know, people buy clothes because you wear them. So you <laughs> smile yeah. over the camera too. <laughs> so take 10 minutes. Let's do this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just catching, you know, knowing... I mean, after a while, building that relationship and knowing when to get them yeah. and, and get it done, you know, yeah. Yeah. get them in their happy mood. Also, like, take them out of their comfort zone, too, though, yeah. in a bit and, like, make them do things. Absolutely. You know, I always try to make them do things that, that, that would be unexpected and would kind of be an experience for them. Yeah. You know, like, Andy never camped on his own island. I took him camping at Kalalau. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, he never camped. You know, like, he wasn't a camper. Like, he'd never been to the cabins in Coquay and I made him go stay in the cabins in Coquay. Like, you know, make the guys do different things that kind yeah. of, like, took him out of their... So they're they're eggy, but they're not really. They're like, this is rad. Like we bring our chicks too. Yeah, bring your girls. Like let's make this fun. Let's go yeah. camp and have a bonfire and stay in the cabins and cocaine. Like check yeah. out a part of your island you've never seen. Like, That's cool. So I'd always like kind of try to do that stuff with the team and think things different, you know, and not just make it like you're, you know, eggy. Like stand in front of some color wall and yeah. shoot a photo, you know. So you were at Bill Long for like twelve years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, fourteen actually. Fourteen. I was there ninety eight two thousand twelve. So Dang. Fourteen. So yeah, I was. It was a long, that's a long, you know, that definitely called the golden era for sure. That yeah. t- from 2000 to 2008 was insane. It was just insane. What rider could you sign? How much money could you spend? What party? What movie? Like, you know, it was unreal. But 2008 on was a little, a lot grindier, you know, it was a lot more of like, instead of the rise, it was like the peeling back, you know? Yeah. And that's always a lot, you know? To like get more budget conscious and like more fiscally responsible and shrinking more, you know, it definitely challenges much more come with that than it does when you're just like, you know, pedal to the metal, you know. So, party hard. Yeah. Work hard, party hard. It's yeah. crazy when you're on the trajectory of going up and how like tight the purse strings are at one yeah. point in time and then they fucking just loosen up because, yeah. you know. The brand's going big. Yeah. The budgets are going big. And then, you know, 2008. Yeah. No, I just, that that whole financial crisis, like, it was, like, hitting a brick wall for sure. You know, it was definitely, things got, had to be a lot more budget, fiscally responsible from that that point on. It was, like, you know, shrinking programs. You know, it's fun to grow. It sucks to, like, have to let go of riders and things like that. It's, like, the worst thing, you know? It's, like, you create all these amazing relationships with these guys and travel the world, and you're, like, their biggest cheerleader, and then you got to tell them, like, you know, sorry, we don't have any more money for you. Like, it's brutal. Like, it's, you know, it's the worst thing. That's the worst part of the job, you know? Having to get rid of any athletes because, you know, you love them all. I mean, become so close with them, working together and, you know, advertising and blowing them up and helping them build their career up from, you know, and Bill Wong did a really good job of taking care of their athletes. You know, you look at the lifeblood of athletes on that company, you know, yeah. we're not in the business that Bill, like Bill Wong wasn't in the business of like getting riders and chewing them up and spitting them out. It was like, no, we're going to grow with you from a kid to your career, to your pro career and yeah. go on. So yeah. yeah, as long as you're performing and, you know, staying healthy and, you know, growing too then it makes sense yeah 100 percent. but they had i mean billabong was really good too at like grouping in the other brands with their athletes you know like von zipper with billabong and yeah they started buying them well yeah but like yeah you know making sure all the stickers kind of coexisted if they could they they could i we talked about this on this trip this weekend a little bit like i feel like head to toe is a kiss of death you know for athletes like i i feel like um 
when you homogenize athletes and put them under one label, like they're so much less valuable because you're getting so much less energy put into them. Yeah, you're, you're, you own them head to toe and it's just their sticker yeah. on their board, but you realize like now they don't have an eyewear company putting energy into them, money behind yeah. them. You don't have a shoe company. You don't have, you know, just on and on. Like, yeah. you know, I used to say that because when I worked in snow, Burton would always do this. They always wanted their guys head to toe. And like when a rider had eight sponsors, they had eight camps like cheering for them, putting energy in them. They had eight ads in the magazines yeah. throughout the year, you know. And then when you go ahead to tell you get one, like it I, works I, for like I, an, an athlete occasionally, yeah. but like still, even them, you know, would have would they benefit more if it was like multi for sure? They probably, but you know, whether it's a yeah. Sean White or Kelly Slater, that it did work for them because they were beyond yeah. bigger than anybody else. But could you imagine if Kelly had a Red Bull sticker on his board freaking twenty years ago and you know, or Oakley on his board, or yeah. some of these other massive brands yeah. that would have paid a that ship. That's, a shit, yeah. that's a what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, not only would they make more money, yeah. but they'd have an opportunity for more marketing from different camps. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the homogenization, like just yeah. putting them yeah. all in one sticker. Because I just, you know, it's like we're a sport that's about individuality yeah. you know and then as soon as you have a bunch of robots that are all the same you know it's like you kind of take away from what we're all about like you want everyone to be different you know and rock things different and be different you know that's that's really what makes our sport so uniquely different than a football team when everyone's in the same uniform yeah or a baseball team when everyone's yeah. in the same uniform like nascar that shit up yeah exactly that's <laughs> what it is i was just having the same conversation with sheree from wsl i'm like no like make sh- like don't don't take the headspace away from these guys like yeah. let them be more dive into their individuality than remember it got so them. ugly that they would photoshop yeah. out logos and ads and shit back in the day oh yeah yeah like, oh 100 well you did that bill Wong did that stuff. yeah like, dude, like well, we, one no. cool thing though about that is like not not about that but what happened with brands became Brands started creating new brands so they can compete against their competitors. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like I mean, shoe companies were becoming big logos on people's boards, and then more shoe logos came. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. Look at the Oakley Dra- Oakley Dragon thing. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Oakley was. I mean, Dragon was financed by Oakley yeah. back in the day to compete against Arnett. There's, that's a for sure. Like for sure. They, people still want to say yeah. that and have it. Oh, no, that was the biggest. No, yeah, like Oakley actually was... like helped them get their start so that they could kind of come at us from a different angle for sure. Like huh. you know, that's that whole. Well, was that what Bruce told us? I I mean I don't know. If I think it's me. still hypothetical, it's, but it's still this. But I no. Yeah. And the rumor was for sure that, but the way they smoke screen. Oh no, we were just handling the production. Yeah, like yeah. you know, they're yeah. made at the Oakley. You know, yeah. they're like. Yeah. Same shit, just different logo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a you know lower price point for. Hey, we knew that big and that you know that much money, and you could do that, and cool, you know. But yeah, I, mean, I miss the competition though. I mean, to be honest, like that's rad. Like hell yeah, bring it on. Like you know, competition. Like that's what we're so missing today. I'm, I mean, uh, it's you know I love board riders, you know, and the fact that they're still going. But like the the days of when we were competing quick and billabong against each other, like. Yeah. To me, like that's what the industry is all about. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we've we've lost a little bit of that spirit. You know, and for sure. I hope to see more of it come back. I'm really rooting for like the Rourke guys and the Brixton guys and the Visla guys. Like, you know what Everybody. I mean? Like, I want we need competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't have all the big brands under one umbrella. Like, it's just yeah. really not good. Getting back to individuality thing. Like, you yeah. know, it's 
And that's part of like the the specialness of our industry, like the, you know the fact that we did compete and the athletes compete, and like it's you know it's it's not one love, you know it is like yeah we're a tribe as far as surfers and we yeah. back each other, but well, like we, competition but is competition. yeah competition we, is yeah. so important yeah to elevate the product and yeah. and and to really you know challenge at the you know design level and the register ringer. I mean we all talk about like yeah. you, and honestly, the industry can't survive on three or four big brands. Mm-hmm. You know they need. They need a lot of diversity in the shops to make it like yeah. Well, honestly, our shops and the companies, if they're owned by one, they're kind of you know held no. no I mean under one budget. You like, know what I mean? Like yeah. it sucks if if one brand's not performing, you're not paying that bill. You're oh, not getting any of the other brands. Oh yeah. my 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 Ruka wouldn't ship because they would owe some other brand in the portfolio some money and i'll be like what are you talking about like yeah, yeah. no that's no. the way it worked and it's just like that hurts yeah even on the athlete side though like that whole like griffin leaving billabong and going to quick thing you know yeah. like it just feels like they're trading baseball cards you know i mean they're, they're all in the same offices yeah. like you know it, did that really was that competitive in her office like i would have loved if it was like no way you can't have griffin oh we're taking him like do you know how much he's making from you know this in my mind in my mind i'm just seeing those guys all sitting in the same room going do you, do you okay you kind of have this guy but we'll give you this guy you yeah. know like i i mean i just it does it does it feel, feel like a, tra- a trading like baseball cards here we yeah. go i got these which one do you, yeah. you can't have this but you can have that one you know yeah. like i'm so for for griffin I love him, you know. I'm working oh, no, on, I'm working sure. on a movie the biggest fans ever. Like, the, sure. I just was like, I was a little like, I didn't want to see him go there either because I signed him when he was ten to Bill Wong, so like, or twelve when he was Bill Wong, so like, I was a little like, oh, yeah, to see so him you, leave. Were but. you integral and in, in stuff like that, like contracts? And oh stuff? yeah, yeah. I signed yeah. when Griff was when Griff was twelve. Yeah, I, I, I was part of like. That I credit Vinny for that one to opinion because I'm like we need a bill we need a we need a San Clemente kid like we need a kid because you know like back you're, you're always watering your garden towards yeah. marketing you always have the new crop coming up you can't yeah. you can't just be having any irons up here and not having like the next the next groms yeah. down here so we knew we were super exposed in San Clemente and and like Newport and stuff where like Ruka and a lot of the other brands had a better hold so. Yeah, Griff was part of that. Us go identifying like we need, we need, we need some San Clemente young blood. Like all those kids down there at Lowers, there's a bunch of good ones. Which one? Like, are you gonna bet on? There was like three, and Vinny's like, I think you know, he gave us the three, and it was like yeah. Griff, I, you know, he's kind of the underdog of these three, but he's the he's such a good kid. So like, yeah, yeah. that was that was part of that. that yeah, yeah. So, but I'm stoked for Griff on his a new quick deal. Like, I know it's good for him, you know, and yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, I'm really psyched. I'm excited to see what he's gonna do this year. Um, on tour we're just finishing our, our movie project together um, it's Ethan Ewing Griffin Calapento and Seth Moniz we're doing Trilogy 2 me and Taylor Steele got together to do a sequel to Trilogy 1 which was everyone remembers Andy Taj and, and Joel so yeah. instead of having the storyline be about the three best world surfers at the time in the world it's like here's a different kind of treatment to that Trilogy 2 or like here's yeah. the three three best kids kind of coming up right now in the world and yeah, so rad so, so cool let's talk about that like yeah movies yeah right so Good, you yeah. were integral in making some movies yeah tell, tell I, us, I think i counted to 25 films when i was like when i left Billabong, i think it was somewhere around 21 22 and i've, I've made a, quite a few cents so like yeah just just being part of the process in some process like whether it, i was producer you know because when you're running the marketing you know especially the action sports companies like your movies are your lifeblood you and know? i only need two and i should have just i'm gonna add this <laughs> Uh, uh, Surf Madness and Kiss by God, along with twenty five others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. I added my I have this on paper somewhere all the films I worked on, but.
But um, yeah, I mean, as we know, like surf films, like as we were kids, we were talking about Blazing Boards this weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those soundtracks and those movies, you know, and then what Jack McCoy did after that. Like, so yeah, going to Bill's. Yeah, because you're like, the generation after Jack McCoy. Yeah, I, mean, I came in right at the end of Jack at Bill Wong, which was cool. I still got to work with him. I still got to do, um, we did Nine Lives, was the first one I worked on with Jack, okay. um, which was, the, I don't know if you guys remember that one. That was, Kern was in Kern was in that, and Rasta and, and Parker were in that movie. Like, So I got to work on Nine Lives, and I got to go tour that to Puerto Rico. That was the first trip I did with Parker and Rasta. They were they were in first time I ever got to stay with Kern, like Kern stayed and shared a room with Kern at in Puerto Rico and Rico and I was like thought I you know it's one of those pinch yourself moments too yeah. like here's Kern like we're hanging out together touring this movie on his guitar like, yeah just so cool but um yeah so very like right when I came to Bill it was kind of Jack's kind of last chapter there he did Nine Lives and then we did Documentary which was insane you're like, part well, of Documentary you just more on the touring side yeah. and helping tour it and help Jack over here on the touring yeah. side. Um, so just helping, you know, distribution and we premiered it at the, uh, um, surf expo and like, had you know, brought Aki out and did, did the mini tour with it. Yeah. Um, and then free as a dog, uh, with Parko's one. So that, I think that was the very last one Jack did. Cause yeah. Oh no. And then we did, um, Blue Horizon. Blue Horizon was sick. I helped Jack film on that one a little bit and stuff, too. Just as far as held the second camera, like, we're going to leave it. Grab the second camera. And then, you know, like, worked on on uh, Blue Horizon with them and helped big part of touring that one and, and that film. with That was that Rasta and Andy story, if, if you haven't yeah. seen mine. Um, Blue Horizon, that, that was cool. Andy was got, kind of got pissed off of that movie because it kept being cash register every time you won a van. He kind of used the storyline to pit like pro surfing against the free surfer thing and yeah. kind of made Andy didn't, didn't we didn't necessarily have Andy out too much with that movie. Andy was kind of held a grudge after that. So that was kind of the last Jack McCoy Bill Wong movie. We were, I think he did, maybe did freeze a dog after that, but that, that was it. But got to work on that little chapter of Jack McCoy films at Bill Wong, which was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, those companies, whether it was, you know, Bill Wong, which did an exceptional job, Quicksilver, they would put out movies every year. Yeah. Like, sick yeah. ones. And they put yeah. a lot of money in. in their did you have awesome. any part in the Fly in the Champagne? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I helped, like, helped on that one big time. Yeah. That was, um, worked on that with Taylor and uh, Matt Bashane. And we after that project, Matt actually came work for Billabong. But yeah, it was was a big part of just you know that one more producing, like organizing and getting getting athletes where they needed to be when. And yeah, I was in that movie too. I just got interviewed. Me and I think Strider was in that one too. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I worked on that film as well. Yeah. Finest Champagne was good. Like that that was that you know, rival, the height of the rivalry thing with with Kelly and Andy. You know. Yeah. So. The, that rivalry and you guys captured and talked about Kelly and Andy, Andy and Kelly. You you were at a, lo a lot of the events, huh? Yeah, I was at a lot of them. I mean, it was such a cool time, like Quicksilver and Billabong battling, but not only battling just as companies, but with their athletes yeah. in the events. You know, it felt... You know, it felt like you are putting your horse on the racetrack and, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and just... Um, I had it was crazy because it was like Bill Wong versus Quick, but it was like not only Andy versus you know Kelly, but it, I had Taj and and Joel Parkinson both you know Parko and Taj, so it was like this era of like is one of those three guys you know it was like one of my three guys is gonna be coming up as Kelly at some point you know yeah. and like so funny like I spent my whole 
I love Kelly, like, and he's like, you know, what he's done for our industry is like incredible. Like, you know, we owe so much to him for just, you know, the surf industry and giving us like this amazing life that we all have. But like, I spent my whole career like rooting against him just because I had, you know, the Villabon guys and having those three guys. And yeah. I mean, it was one of those guys that were battling, you know, in every event, you know, like it, it, it seemed like it came down. If it wasn't Kelly and Andy, it was Taj and Andy. I mean, Taj and Kelly. And if it wasn't Taj and Kelly, it was Parko and Kelly. So yeah. I, I, I had just, you know, I spent a lot of time against Kelly, which sucks. But, in, you know, in a way it was like, like we talk about this whole it's like my fantasy time, team you know? yeah. like i'm always just like <laughs> i can't put all my favorites on but i gotta yeah. got a butt i'm like oh yeah. so so, so you were on the beach on a couple of those occasions of yeah that. yeah and the most talked about one is that that jay bay event i, I was there in, in 95 when um in that final it came down to kelly and andy and yeah everyone you know talks about that score you know i I don't think Kelly got the score, but he did, you know. And but you know, you could you could talk about it, probably a lot of other scores that went other ways at different events. But yeah, I mean, I remember Andy getting the wave just before him, like he literally blew the bag out of it, and he went so far down the beach you couldn't even see him. And then to watch Kelly get that next wave and he like four turns and then fall, you're like, oh, there's no way he got it. Andy got it for sure. And you see it, and we watch it in the movie. You know, yeah. you watch it in the movie and watch Andy's face and how, how just distraught and pissed off he was. But um, that was just heavy because you know Andy ended up losing that world title by like 102 points into that year, like the closest the battle ever was. You know, we ended up at Bilbao, we ended up giving Andy his bonus um, for getting second, just because you know we we thought he won the world title that year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that was a difference maker in that. Yeah, you know, there's you could probably oh, wow. like they got a lot of heats here and there, but like yeah. I mean, that's a lot of points. Like first to second's a lot. It used yeah. to be even a lot more than I think it is now. Like it's a big drop off from getting first and second point wise. You know, yeah, it's like two thousand points or something. You know, to lose by one hundred and two points, like yeah, it's like close. You know, that's that's heart wrenching. Yeah, heart it is. You know, that definitely crushed. That I mean, definitely Andy crushed. pretty much brought. Kelly out of retirement, you know, and yeah. like that rivalry was like none other, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy was just cutthroat and so good at everything. Yeah, you know? I mean, like 2002, 2003, 2004 were insane. I mean, those are just glory years watching Andy winning those. You know, he got signed on a Bill Wong in like the end of 2001, and then who knew like he was gonna go on three years in a row, win three world titles, like heavy. You know, it was like just poetic. You know, yeah. it was so amazing to watch him come in. He was such a machine then he was so in love with surfing and surfing so much like he was the biggest frother he i remember going to see him in hawaii and he wanted to go surf like one foot of nini like i wouldn't even i wouldn't even surf that at home you know and yeah. I remember him just being such so frothed out and so red you know on his program and surfing yeah. loving surfing but what's funny like thinking about you know an athlete's job is not only to compete right but in pro surfing they're there to sell product sell the side and sell the lifestyle and if you look at back and think of the product that Billabong was making, so the signature product, yeah. I mean, the Rising Sun board short. No, oh, there's there's a classic story behind that one. Like, so I go to Kauai to do a photo shoot, and like, you know, we have we have the shorts all planned out for the athletes. You know, right. like we had these Andy ones that came with cards. They had like you know like card yeah playing cards like diamonds and that stuff you know yeah. different different card logos on on him and they were going to come with a pack of cards with photos of him and everything that that was going to be andy's rising suns were actually supposed to be i think dorian's shorts and i show up on Kauai and and have all the shorts out and i'm all here's your new boardies he's like 
hate these things. They're like MCD. I don't ride for MCD anymore. Like, you know, I want the the, hard one. I want those shorts, you know, right there, the Rising Sun ones. And he made that call out. And he took, uh, I had to call, of course, back the design crew. I'm like, sorry, guys, Andy's board shorts (laughs) changed changed the logo on that thing. Like, ended up making it Taj's. (laughs) I think we ended up making it Taj's board short and putting, I still have those playing cards to this day. But making that one the Taj short. And then Andy took the Rising Sun one. And then he literally took them from that photo shoot on Kauai to Japan and he beat Kelly in that in that Japan event and it was like how do you so you don't crazy. even how do you plan that stuff like is that you know? the the contest after losing in J-Bay I don't know where it fell on the tour but that was I don't even know what, like uh, I, what year that was but yeah. like I mean I watched it was that probably 2004 like last week yeah but the, you, yeah that final was really sick and dude Japan. it was like, it was like dark and like uh, it was like overcast like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and What's crazy is uh, he needed a nine something, yeah, yeah, to, to beat Kelly, yeah, and he absolutely got a nine something <laughs> yeah. to beat Kelly. It was undeniable yeah. that he got the score, which yeah. was fucking amazing. But yeah, how iconic those shorts went on to be like one yeah. of our best sellers ever yeah. at Billabong, and that was that was Andy's. I get to, to this day I give Andy so much credit for that. I know like, those are my, I want uh, those are mine, yeah. You know? And he was king of the castle at that point. We're like, yeah. Okay, those are yours. So, so we we had built rising sunboard shorts at Ruka before, like yeah, Billabong. Yeah, to- yeah no, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean the rising sun like it was, no, yeah. but it was like we had an intern. Yeah, that was in our art department or you know, design department, and like he like took the files. We didn't run it off the left thigh. We ran it off the back. We actually did it. A hat, like a, a yeah. like a foam trucker with the stripes coming off the logo. Laura always and, bring this, bring yeah. this up. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know. But they, I mean, iconic little logo and Andy. I mean, it was match made in heaven for He's sure. Match I made mean, in heaven. you know. But that's when I'm back when athletes were really moving product, yeah. like at a level that and was bo- just, and specifically board chores for yeah. like. I mean, I remember it might have been around the same time. You know, Dorian was all into like doing hand art or whatever and they came out with a, a white board short mm-hmm. and so you could like stencil your own designs on it it was like i don't know what they called it but it was just an all white board short yep. and it had him you know doing i i don't know you guys might have done it like a contest or giveaway yeah i i forgot what that series, i remember those shorts specifically yeah because yeah. like i think we even said stencils i think we we sold stencils yeah. like that that board short for too, sure so that you could like stencil your board I, short up yeah we had like crappy Ruka board shorts and I bought a billabong one and I sprayed like Ruka logos on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. I went on a trip. Like it was that. like <laughs> so good. So good. I, had, I had some Midorians like board shorts. Oh yeah, what was it? I don't forget what those were called, but I totally remember that campaign. Yeah. Yeah. They were, it was a cool great idea. Like it was cool because you could kind of customize your own board shorts like a yeah. white canvas, you know? Yeah. So you after Andy unfortunately passed yeah, you made the movie Kiss by God. Yeah, um, it was five five years after. Um, Dang. Me and Lindy were together in July at, at Pat Stacy's house, and we were just saying, she's like, oh, yeah, she's like, I think I'm ready, you know, I think I'm ready to do the movie. Like, you know, you know, time definitely had to pass. I mean, it was such an open one for all of us. Like, definitely, you know, like just so sensitive, you know, but. I was, we were hanging out in July and she's like, I think I'm ready. Like, I think, I think you know, let's, let's talk about it. And then we just talked about, you know, different ideas about who, who we think could do it. And we had this big relationship with the, the Teton Gravity Research guys in Jackson Hole because 
every year after the tour, I would take the team snowboarding um, in Jackson Hole. And we'd go as like a, yeah, season's over, let's go snowboard, let's go shred some powder, and like just do something different, you know? So that would be like our A-team trip. We would take everybody. So um, that's we had this relationship with those guys, production company. And I'm like, I think it might be better to tell this story, like to do this movie. Maybe we have something, somebody outside of our, our world come mm. and tell the story. Because like we're so intimately involved with it that we're yeah. going to talk to ourselves and it's going to be yeah. too insider. It's like you kind of need to take yourself out of the room yeah. and be asking people questions differently and describing things differently about about somebody than you would if you were you know so so yeah. close to it yeah. so it was my idea to say hey let's go talk to the cgr guys and see what, what you think about maybe having them and we had a great relationship built with them for the years so it was a comfortable fit i knew we were gonna need someone that understood you know they were smart enough to know that the sensitivity around yeah. telling a story like this and how you go to Hawaii, like you don't, your first trip, your first few trips to Hawaii, you don't even bring cameras. You need to go meet everybody. You need to barbecue with everybody. You need yeah. to hang out with everybody. You need to get those real stories and yeah. let them know that this is a, a tribute and yeah. not just yeah. get everybody comfortable with, you with know. 100%. Like yeah. they, they, these are mountain boys. They kind of understand like the surf culture a little yeah. bit. Like, hey, you know, like same like the mountains. You don't just roll yeah. in the mountains and think you're a mountain guy, you know? And right. you need to pay your dues a little bit and, and understand. Think it authentic and like, yeah, like down to earth. And So like, they're loose. Can I love teacher guys. They're tight loose, they call it. Like they're, they're <laughs> cannons, like they're, but they're rad. But they're kind of like the Irons Brothers in a way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Bruce and Andy were like, you know, they're... Yeah fully raw and steve and todd are, are raw like mount you know mountain guys like bruce and andy are are, are their brothers are too? guys yeah they're brothers too oh. so todd and steve jones own teton gravity and their brother is jeremy jones who's the craziest big mountain oh shit. he's yeah. like the shane dorian of big mountain riding yeah so when the idea came up you know we went out there and Lindy, Lindy's like, I'm in, you know, like, let's see, a, few, a bunch of people were approaching her to do the movie, like, yeah. a ton of people were, but, like, I'm all just not right fit, not right fit, yeah. and it was cool, it was, like, a life life work for me, and, like, you know, I so, I feel so lucky to be part of it, because, like, you know, I, I worked so close with Andy and Lindy through all the years that, you know, I really wanted Andy's life to mean more than three world titles and, and dying, and I really wanted the movie to mean something and be, like give the next generation hope and yeah. you know give people that are struggling with the same the same problems hope you know so you know it was it was such an honor to be able to work on that that film you know and yeah. really give that you know gift back you know like um yes yeah, it, it was incredible incredible i'm really happy with it it's a gift that keeps kind of giving back to me where like people email us all the time like thank yeah. you for making this movie my brother it's one of the best you know tribute documentary life story telling it's it's a yeah it's a bitchin movie like, yeah yeah no i i feel so lucky to be any part of it i feel so lucky just to be part of andy's life and yeah. and even to be around him you know like he made life so amazing you know as far as just his energy and how charismatic he was and what he gave to surfing i mean i mean the tour the tour and surfing so misses him like yeah and, you know. for sure yeah all all of i mean especially him is based on his his freakishly great talent and just yeah he was just deadly in new jersey like you yeah. know yeah like, he was he, like he he just pushed so hard on so predictable i mean you know you just didn't know what to expect and he would do the best floater of the event or he would do the best combo or he'd do the best combo you know like yeah. best what it was just 
But he was a warrior. You know? And just those stories of him yelling in the fight finals at, like, Corey. Like, like you know, just all the stuff, you know? Like, Andy was a competitor, like, so through yeah. and through. Just wanted... Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that story of him uh, winning the... Was it Lackanau? Mm-hmm. And, and how, Ke- you know, Kelly, if... If Andy would have lost the heat, uh, Kelly would have won the world title. And mm. then it was like, but Andy yeah. went on to win the contest. Yeah. Was that and the one that Bruce, is that the one Bruce, that, that Bruce beat Kelly in the semis and then, then Andy beat Bruce in the recall. finals? That's like, I mean, that, that final of those two, like when, when Bruce gets a 10 and beats Kelly in the semis and then they were both in the final, that was a pretty magical, iconic event. Yeah. Like, but I, I remember like, you know, Andy's like, yeah, you know, I, I heard the Quicksilver guys were, were uh, putting uh, champagne on ice. It's like, you better put those uh, cases away for a little bit. It was crazy. How, like, it ain't over yet. Yeah. Kelly won so many Billabong events and Andy won so many Quicksilver events. I don't know if you guys ever put, like, I mean, yeah. I think I was just so much close to it, I recognize it more. But, like, yeah. I mean, Kelly That's would so win Billabong right? events so much and then Andy would win Quicksilver events so yeah. much. Like, it was crazy how like the competition went all the way down to that, you know. It's like, yeah, I mean, we need good rivalries. I mean, every sport has, you know, when there's something like that, two two athletes that just trading blows. It's so well, that, you know, you you have to have personality too to yeah. to make those rivalry rivalries that much more impactful, right? Because mm-hmm. Kelly is, you know, you're you're kind of like consummate professional, yeah. didn't party, didn't have a brash, you know. Yeah. Didn't use a cuss word that much, really. I'm sure he does, yeah. but then you have Andy, who's just like no holds barred. Yeah, and and in a in like a a bar room kind of like you know, hey, <laughs> yeah. fuck you, dude. Yeah. And the the way I don't know who did, was it a poker guy that used to do the gooseneck and like you know, point point your, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. I don't like know Andy that. would do this after like that's yeah. his claim. Yeah, he would like put his hand yeah, in his yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was a poker guy that yeah, did that, classic. right? I like his shotgun after he beat Dean Morris. Oh, yeah. He did a shotgun at <laughs> ZED. So good. Such a good claim. So, Billabong, how, how many years of Billabong? 14. Tw- no, it was 14. 14 yeah. years. 14 okay. years there, yeah. And then from there, you went to Fox? I went to Fox for two years, yeah. Just to kind of round out my marketing and get the two-wheel thing in for a bit. Which And they brought me there to kind of build up Pete Fox. Um that was another one. I, I was on the couch for months after that one, leaving Bill Wong. Like, uh, it was like such a hard decision for me in my I life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I put everything, you know, Arnett, I was there for eight years, you know, which was so hard to leave there, you know, and then I went to Bill Wong and that built a whole family and life there. And I was there so 14 cool. years. So imagine like the heart, uh, the heartache the of breakup. living there. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was like, a, it was like a serious And divorce. was your wife still at Bill Wong and you bounced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was still kind of like halfway there. She was just left to start Stance Women's. She, she launched the whole women's division for stance. Oh, wow. Um, so she was kind of having Power. one foot in, one foot, like, in both. Yeah. So she was already kind of, like, going into her next chapter. And then, yeah, I, and, yeah, I left uh, in 2012, like, the end of 2012. And, yeah, it was a hard decision. I definitely, <laughs> definitely lamented over that one for a bit. It was like leaving a family. But it was a really weird time at Billabong, too. You know, like, that Target chick was in there running it. And I had, you know, I went to Paul and Graham. I'm like, I don't want to leave, like this is my home just just tell me give me three your plan or like just give me like anything yeah. i just want to know future here because it seems real squirrely right now and they both were looking at me cross-eyed going dude we're all figuring out plan b right now you know that's the day said that word for it i'm like 
right yeah. i do not want to go i love this place i you know i do not want to leave but like if your bosses are telling you like they're they're looking at plan b like you're like all right yeah that's i guess it's kind time, of a, so that's kind of an eye-opening like holy shit what do i do now yeah that laura inman chick was there like from target and she was yeah things were squirrely people, really, people yeah. were tripping people were like diving under a desk it wasn't it wasn't a good time so like i'm all, all right like i guess this is a sign you know i got pete fox kind of coming it's a private once again private company the fox family owns it right. like rad what a cool opportunity we work for a private company again i'm not gonna be a publicly traded company and go you know go do it for us and he's like i want to get off i want to get out come over the mountains i want to blend my company a little bit i don't want to be you know like i think we can do they already had like the team was he kind of brought me into not only do i was Kyra's global marketing yeah vp of global marketing so which is cool i got to like look under the hood and like dude i got to work with like ken roxon and you know emig and you know ricky carmichael and like these are all just like amazing huge celebrities in their own right yeah they're yeah. mountain like Dom- dominators yeah, mountain my team was insane like it was really cool to get that rounded out um marketing experience you know yeah. working in, in those worlds you know and once again kind of try to bring a different flavor to it you know and do something a little different there and get them out of their bubble yeah their yeah. little thing and a big part of it was like building their surf team though too so um you know coming in there it was it was they already had ian walsh was already there which was cool and um Keanu singh was there um damien hopgood was there hopgood. um the money uh Kalani was gone and I tried to bring him back during it and things got squirrely like just just because like things got squirrely for me and I was trying to bring him back like, yeah because um, like yeah I went there and it was the, like let's build up the surf program which we did we built a sick one like besides those guys I brought Chippa Wilson in I've signed Bruce um, yeah heavy got, hitters we got sure. Car- Carolyn Marks we got the whole Marks family oh wow um, I mean we had a sick program like you yeah. know I brought Frankie DeAndre in to run the team he's like biggest legend ever like and uh, we had a good thing going, you know. We're like, sweet, this is off. It felt good. Like all the other programs were humming. Like, and yeah, that let's let's sell the company thing came along again. Ugh. You know, to, like I was a year and a half into it, and you know, dad and brother kind of like told Pete, like, your plan is not our plan. So they're like, we want to sell the company. So Dang. they they brought Nick Adcock in to like sell it off, and I'm um, like, I just. You know, they thought I was just a surf guy. Like, I wasn't yeah. just an oh, a marketing guy. So, they're like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I didn't spend, like, a year and a half, two years here to, like, now, like, all these people I brought on, I'm not going to sit here and, like, get rid of everybody now because you guys want to sell the company. So, yeah. it was, but it was perfect time for me. Like, it gave me that window to go, okay, I'm out, and that's right. And that July was right when I, me and Lindy had that conversation, you know, let's do the movie. So, I'm like, yeah, perfect yeah. time. You know, like, it, I'm all Lindy. If, if it's going to be now, like, let's do it now because, like, I, I see a win. I have a window coming up. Like, yeah. I'm going to leave. I'm leaving Fox. Like, I got a so window. Wild. Let's do it. So, like, that, our conversation happened in July. By February, we were working on the movie. Like, so I left left Fox in, like, November was, like, last month. And yeah. By, by January, February, we were working on the film. I mean, that's just, like, you know, when you think meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. When, it when was something doesn't things, yeah. pan out yeah. and you think, like, oh, man. Just other things open up. No, it was that for me. Like going to Fox ended up being, you know, because I was, I would have been a life at Billabong. I would like honestly, like I wouldn't, have, I didn't want to leave. There's no yeah. way. Like I love all the, you know, Shano and I love so many athletes still there. I was still such good friends with everybody I was with there. But um, I would never have left, you know. And that was yeah. kind of the crazy hiccup at Billabong was kind of kicked me out of the nest. And then going to Fox kind of like for that short span gave me the, the time and it was like the, it set me on the path to be able to do Andy's film and. 
I wouldn't have wanted it to have gone any other so way, any other way, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was crazy. I signed up to do that for t- uh, two years and ended up taking four years. You know. What? So yeah, we spent four years working on that documentary. So wow, it needed all that time and yeah. love and attention, you know. Yeah. Like, so. Um, yeah, it's great. Even that four like, years, four years. So like, that is nuts. yeah, you sign up to do something for two years and then it takes four, you know, and that's, that's how I ended up incubating Caddis, the, the new, my new, yeah. I founded, uh, out of that because during the four years you're like, okay, I signed up for two years, got paid for two years, but I guess I still gotta work. I can't leave this. I can't leave this film. Like I for need sure. to see it all yeah, you're through. committed. There's no way. Like this is a so how do I life I... work for me. Like there's no way I'm walking away from this. Like, so it gave me that time in between that time to incubate a new brand. So I spent two years, the second two years working on the film and incubating Caddis. And I, we spent two years like doing everything, the designs, the packaging, everything until we end up launching that, you know, so right the for, that. for the listeners, Caddis is, yeah, Caddis is an eyewear brand. It's a reading glass brand. So for me, it's like my Arnett 2.0, like, yeah. you know, I come in full circle, come in full circle Back from doing it. sunglasses, the cool guy thing to like now when you're doing reading glasses coming into like a, years later about, yeah, right? Yeah. A different, you know, like coming to do a category, like yeah. reading glasses, you know, like who, who would have thought like, yeah. you know, but well, everybody we grew up with around, we're all hitting that point in our life now. Like yeah. everybody that we're, I was, we're all maturing. Morning, we're all maturing. Our eyes are all like getting a little fuzzy there. But you also know, like the rx is kind of like the make or break on like a really successful like yeah yeah well we came in strong as reading glasses and we've evolved as an eyewear brand now but like we launched it you know doing readers you know yeah our whole thing was a was an age platform though like like reading glass kind of door prize what we're doing like we're really like you know get older own it see stuff like just you know like trying to celebrate and inspire people that are getting older you you saw a niche you saw like opportunity no one's really building a culture on eyewear brands like they're they're like warby does a great job it's a safe product like good customer service like they make a fine product but like they don't make you feel anyway like you don't get any like you know and same with eyebobs and just any of the kind of eyewear brands were like let's take what we know we've grown up doing our whole lives as far as marketing and disrupting and actually creating a culture and a feeling and, and you know trying to inspire people about getting older instead of just getting older so it's been super fun i got lisa anderson on the program and donovan taylor Steele, like you know, so cool bringing back the whole ambassador program ship around reading glasses and we've been having so much fun with it yeah how, how did you guys come up with the name um it was first we were going to call it like my, my partner tim Par, who's who I did the bike thing with back at Arnett. Yeah. And then they were disrupting the bike market. He's the one that kind of... He did the cargoes and... 2015, the- <laughs> he saw me July. He's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's do this. Like, it was his idea. Like, hey, let's just do readers. I'm like, oh, man, I got time. Let's let's go. Like, yeah. I'm in between things anyways. Like, So he originally was calling it Codburn because he just wanted some you know name that was just kind of not trademark but off the yeah off yeah, the, yeah it just off kind the, of way yeah off the tongue like it took a little while but we like me and other five four partners like we can't call it that we're getting the feedback out there we haven't launched yet we can't call it that and what was it codburn yeah yeah so we we had all these names written down and his daughter's middle name is caddis and, and i just love that ddi like cat like a, a caddis you know it's yeah. got a good flow and sound I'm like we got it's got to be caddis let's let's go caddis and all you know we had one it's so funny when you're a new startup and you have these little calls that mean that you feel like nothing and are so no-brainer but like there's so so much they set you on your path like it was just literally a half hour call we're like okay here's the name yeah let's call caddis like you know and yeah your daughter's middle name that's a great story like, yeah let's go with caddis and yeah it's been great you know super good yeah i mean it's i i think you know you come up with a a concept but you know the name is you know obviously 
as important as the logo and, and everything else about it. But sometimes, yeah, you know, you go digging and somebody else owns it or, you know, like yeah. you got to. When did you guys start it? We started working on it, me and Tim, and he started a few years early on the idea, but nothing was on paper or anything until like we kind of all started to come together. And that was July of 15. We had our first talk and I spent better part of, you know, we spent better part of two years, like, you know, working on the packaging and the designs and everything. And we were really like, finally, we're just like, all right, put it out there, push play, you know, yeah. like, so it took us a couple of years. So we didn't launch till like the end of, end of 18, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's been. And now it's. It's doing, it's doing great. Yeah, it's like growing great. Like we're definitely, you know, it definitely feels like this, our net 2.0. This one's been fun this time around because like, yeah, it's like, you know, the, the crew, but it's like the platform, that, like, you know, aging and talking about aging yeah. and getting older. And, yeah. you know, you look at all the videos on our website, it's all inspiring people. Like, you know, it's not, it's not too late. It's second acts. Like, yeah. you know, just really like celebrating. And you're selling that. it to the same retailers that you you've done business. Yeah, yes and no which is cool about reading glasses it's a little channel on Austin where like you can kind of go anywhere with it yeah. because you know especially our packaging is really unique um, and ch readers like you know like they're off the shelf you know like yeah. you know we're going more into RX and stuff online and all that but um it's been great like home furnishing boutique women's boutique huge uh, gift store gift um, museum like you know it's it's really can go a lot of course we're in a few like Kobe was one of our first action sports account we're in a few few surf shops yeah. um, and we do great in there too but it's it's really kind of a, you know you you kind of you know even salon and uh, nail salon and uh, record stores and like it's been really fun to play in the culture around it and who yeah. we're celebrating and the people that we're celebrating diversify the the market yeah it's been fun to disrupt like the reading glass market because it's pretty stale yeah, like like right. people like you know it, they, they didn't see it coming really like and it's been so fun it's like blue sky it's like just yeah. really awesome to like celebrate people and give people a feeling around readers like the, the feedback we get from it like no, I you know it. the reading glasses tend to be an apologetic product like how fast can you get them on your face and off your face it's like well, that's the most coveted place on your body like why should you be apologizing wearing these shitty yeah. drugstore readers when yeah. you should be proud of your readers and put them on and like you know just make you feel feel good about yourself yeah. you know and that's it's true like yeah. you know you're you're, uh, you're you're rounder at the end of the freaking drugstore like you know like just crap yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. no style mm -hmm. no meaning no connection just like yeah, our whole thing is we're tapping into the classics, you know, like yeah. classic styles, but with really good product. I mean, our product backing guys are insane. They're two ex-Oakley guys. They got Jamie Oman, um, who went on from work to Oakley forever and then went on to work for Apple. He's doing all of our production. He's oh, wow. amazing. And then I got Steve Gensler. I don't know if you guys remember Steve Gensler, but he was at Oakley for 20 years doing all of their RX programs. So, like, the end of the back end is, like, yeah. so solid, yeah. you know, with product. So it's been, been fun. Like, it's been fun just to, like everyone we're bringing around the brand you know was a was a lot of the people we grew up with you yeah know? Get, you know jeremy jones i got you know other guys are just wearing the blue light walkers that need them you know i'm taking care of guys that even ride for other eyewear brands but just making sure that they have good stuff to protect yeah. their eyes you know and earlier when we were talking about your uh film festival like yeah when when, when did you start that and what yeah um well, that was kind of in in that in between time too, when you're saying yes to a lot of stuff, or just like you know you're kind of being pretty entrepreneurial at the time. And um, my partner on the film festival, Ben Warner, um, had the idea in Laguna. He's like, he's like, dude, we, Laguna needs a film festival. Like, we got to do it. I'm like, I'm in. Like, yeah. you know, and our our backgrounds really complement each other. Ben Warner was at Powder and Bike Magazine and all those pubs back in the day. 
and I grew up more around surf and you know he did Sierra Club and that and I'm more surf he's more outdoor so like our whole idea was like let's have a mashup like Coast Film Festival where the land meets the sea and like celebrate all of our adventure doc films not only you know surf always does surf here and outdoor does outdoor but like very rarely do they come together to mash up and really celebrate it all you know yeah snowboarders want to be surfers and surfers want to go snowboarding like so our whole festival is like a five-day festival where we you know we looked through hundreds of films and we we like carried it down to like the top 50 and we have a killer film festival in laguna it's at the festival of the arts um there in laguna where pageant the masters happens yeah yeah we create three outdoor screens and we brought music in this year we just changed the name from coast film festival to coast film and music festival because we're bringing music more in now so when does it happen happens every november it's like the the second weekend every november this year was nice just missed it yeah you just missed it it was awesome and the online just ended too i can't can't even hype the online yeah we we do a virtual we record all the q a's after we bring all the athletes you know our whole thing is if you're gonna show your film you got to show up you know yeah for sure you want the you want you want to look you want want to look behind the curtain you want to hear the stories about the films and what it took to make them so um that's kind of our one of our stipulations your film's going to be in the festival like we really want you to show up so um, we, we we video all the Q and A's and then we repackage it and do a virtual after for like ten days through Thanksgiving, and uh, yeah, it's growing. It's growing, growing really well. Yeti's Yeti's a huge backer of us. Like they nice. they really believe in us. But um, yeah, we're growing it nicely. It's our fourth year. I mean, Laguna is. I mean, there no no you know slouch to host in some sort of festival or yeah. or events yeah. and stuff. And what yeah. a great you know like it's your hometown. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's. It's close. It's in between. You know, it's close enough to be. You know, in the yeah in the mecca. You know, like anywhere in Southern California is good. Yeah. But Laguna is a, a great hosting spot. I'm sure. look. I'm looking at it as like a legacy project. Like I want to get my friends together once a year, every year to come together and celebrate film and, yeah. and especially our genre of film, which we always no one really pays full attention to us. There used to be X dance at Sundance and whatnot, but it's always mm-hmm. a sideshow. Like I wanted a festival like that really celebrates our genre of filmmaking you know ever since asr and the days went away from movie premieres and that like yeah. we've lost a little bit of that core spirit of of what film means to our industry yeah and so like so inspirational whether you, whether you just appreciate like the, the footage you know or yeah. or the the storyline or the action like i mean there's so the music i mean there's so many parts and yeah how much better is it than watching on a big screen and yeah. with other people yeah. in great the sound? gathering of the t- tribe yeah for sure it's about the kids too like we we had that growing up like and the kids haven't had that for a while it's like this disposable content just gets getting pushed out like they don't ever have to hype and wait or like they don't get to sit front row creativity i mean there are some great people that do shorts and like you know little quick you know quick clips but like the you know but the gathering the the cinematography and the slow-mo and the like artsy side but yet you're just mesmerized not like so, sitting there and watching and, and screaming at the screen and yelling and hooting yeah. and all that stuff like we had back when we were kids yeah. you know and you know that this is like our ode to, to give back to the next generation you know the kids like we were about john john came this year and it That's was so awesome john john showed up and honestly you could watch him move around the crowd and all the kids it was like a beetle walking through the crowd and you know like how cool like i had to give my whole community yeah. john, like john john came and like the kids were like every kid went up and took a photo of them it yeah. was so rad yeah so, uh, just terrible celebrating yeah. that spirit that's yeah. what our film festival is all about is like really just celebrating i really like what he's that. doing 
not just on the waves, but just no. living his life the way he wants to live it, carving out his own little like niche. Niche, yeah. and it's not because he's doing it because nobody else is doing it. He's doing it because that's how he grew up. Like he grew up on a boat. He grew up on the North Shore. He grew up in the water. He was a waterman. Yeah, you, you guys know? seen that new set? It new set it is uh, so gravity. incredible. Gravity is yeah. so good. Yeah, like, it just goes through all that. Like it I, just you know, you know and it's like, like it's inspiring, and it's is like is that what you guys played? Yeah, we played gravity. Yeah. We came out and talked talked about gravity before yeah. I played. It was really cool. And it's uh, just like you. He's so fucking good. Like, yeah. he is so... Like, surfing is just mind-blowing. Yeah, I guess... I hope we could talk about this. Yeah. The... cast. Oh, yeah. We gotta bring it back. I got... I, I did... I did cast with Aki, like... I did... Basically, like, when it started, it was... You know, I talked to Shannon North. I'm like, dude, we gotta... This is Aki. Like, we gotta make this thing killer. And that was the one that kind of took it from 1.0 to 2.0. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we still have ten in the bag that haven't been released. So we gotta nudge. We gotta nudge Evan. Evan, if you're listening, dude, we gotta do some more outcasts. We got ten in the bag. We gotta get out there. Sure, I got sure. Pot still in the bag, and um, Barton Lynch. So good. Um, Kai Ott and Laird. Uh, Laird still. Hey, I love yep. Barton Lynch. By the way. Oh my yeah, god, he's like, such a he's such a G. He is so just a frothing grom, but so positive and just so articulate and like yeah. but yeah. funny at the same time because he's just but the the reason why i bring it up because yes billabong yeah evan slater yeah if you listen to this podcast <laughs> or anybody yeah. out there who can help make this come yeah. to life because yeah i want it super so bad. does aki i'm we're yeah. ready to go and back I'm in sure. the road i talked to aki we came over for those uh, js um yeah the store opening they yeah. had him they had down there in oceanside and uh him and joel came over and me and were like he's ready he's frothing just as much as i know let's get back on the road let's yeah. go let's go get some cast in the back dude like, i yeah. am so depressed <laughs> because i you know i, I mean aki is such a funny guy like oh, so funny. And, and the stuff that you guys have already put out there yeah you know we we talked about over the yeah weekend. that was a, my ch- like my thing is so good like you know like i always challenge him at each guest yeah that we're gonna do an activity with aki at the end of the show because so like good. you know like you want the you, you know funny. aki's so naturally yeah. raw and so amazing like you want and you know it was rad i mean we went shark diving with healy I got Kern and yeah. him to go roller skating. He's like a giant kid. No. He's so psyched, but uh-huh. he's like, you, you just, you're, you're super fan. We're all super fans. Oh yeah. my God. Not just because of surfing, but no, because he's, he's freaking such a likable, cool he's kid. He's just a little kid. He's, he's, he's just like a 15 year old kid. He's yeah. so naturally raw. Like, and the content <laughs> is so much better than, because it's not like a podcast. It's, it's a, it's a podcast, yeah. but it's like, Way more than that. You know what? Everyone wants to have a chat with Ock. Like, no one's going to say no to yeah. you know, a, a podcast with Ock. Yeah, sure. And, Ock and yeah, it was it was just so fun to work on. I, I can't wait. We'll do it again. Like, we're definitely doing it. We talked when we were in Oceanside. I'm like, that's we so got to do it. So we'll, we'll bring it back. Like, yeah. That's, now that I'm finishing Trilogy, like, that's definitely on the top of my list. to, um, to get So is that the next project? The Yeah, Trilogy. We've been spending the last two, well, I actually started this project four years ago. When we were going to make Griffin's film, um, and we started it as Griffin's film. We went to Morocco with um, Joel and Mick, and we started it off, and Griff got hurt on his fifth wave on that trip, and that kind of kiboshed that product, and then we went buzzsawed straight into COVID, so that, that you know, well, Griff, then Griff had to requalify because he kind of fell behind because he got injured, so then he had to requalify, yeah. so the focus of that year went from making a film to, like, requalifying, which he yeah. did, and then... 
then we were kind of went into the headwinds of COVID. And then uh, through it, um, I got together with, you know, me and Taylor and, and Andrew McKenzie, who uh, works at, uh, he does Aether Films, a production company up. Those guys do a ton of good aerial stuff, Aether Films. And kind of came up with a new treatment. Let's go, let's do, because it was a lot for Griff. He didn't want to shoulder the whole project. Like, yeah. it's me, it's my film, me. Like, you know, yeah. Griff, he's so humble and rad. He's such a good yeah. kid that he didn't want it all to be about him, you know? So we came up with a, a treatment to kind of like soften that and make it about the three guys. So it's That's cool. Ethan Ewing, yeah. Seth Moon Ethan, Griff and Colin Pinto, those three guys. So kind of documenting these last two years, we kind of dove back into a full steam um, two years ago and uh, we went to Peru and absolutely scored and then we did Tahiti we got great ways and then absolutely scored periscopes in in Indo and Lakey Peak and we finished nice. off in Africa so so it's done yeah it's it's in it's in edit it's in editing right now so like yeah we're just about to go off to to color so we're shooting right now tentatively for probably premiering it hopefully between pipe and sunset wow so don't hold me to that yet but it, that's what that's we're cool. shooting for like it, yeah. it's right there so we're, that, we're deep in it it's uh january feb yeah. so it's uh first week of feb yeah so it'll be around the 10th there's like yeah. there's the day right in between where i think we're shooting for but yeah it'd be cool to, to premiere it like we'll premiere it over there like <sighs> you know just something different and then then we'll tour it we'll do we'll do all in new york yeah and i think we've got one or two east coast spots planned nice but yeah super psyched for that film to come out it's great to do a legacy project you know yeah. off, off of doing that first trilogy with taylor and matt bashane and stuff so yeah so, super excited so besides caddis you're still still love doing produce you know it's like just that passion side of things that yeah. i don't think i'll ever leave i'll always want to keep one iron in that you know pr production producing you know working on films whether they're surf or other films like definitely you know, I, I did another one, HBO, episodic with TGR. We went with Walsh and Twiggy. We went to South Africa. We did that Edge of the Earth. That's that's on HBO now. It was like a four-series part, each on a different discipline. But, like, just love to keep, like, the production stuff going, doing stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. And, and what, what's the Laguna Festival called? It's called Coast Film Festival. Coast, Coast It's actually called Coast, Coast Film, Film, Film and Music Film. Festival. Yeah, yeah. We just changed the name this year because we're going to be – slowly adding we added music this year and matt costa play and a couple other cool bands play this year so yeah trying to get music added into the overall mix as it should yeah you know? yeah no i mean like the soundtrack you know like yeah half of movies are 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 music like without actually more than half i'd say is yeah. like yeah, you have the visual but like it doesn't come to life and until you put the music to it and we actually celebrated 50 years of five summer stories and um this year with greg mcgillivray we had Honk come. 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. How crazy is that? That is how crazy. I went to the... Uh, you were the Lido one? Or yeah, Lido. night talk and stuff? Yeah. I heard that was great. I missed that killer. one. What we, what we did is Greg had the idea. He didn't do it anywhere on, on tour this year, but he had Honk come back, and they played live like they did 50 years ago wow. over the visuals. Wow. So you'd come out and tell a story about the song and what section it was in, and then Honk would play live. It was unbelievable. We did, did it that at your festival? Yeah, we did it Sunday at the festival. Wow. It was absolutely my We got to get on this. Yeah. Yeah, bum. We didn't. You guys got to come. This. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should actually do some podcasts around us from Legends. I think we're talking about right now. Sean Thompson came down on the Wednesday night. We did. We played the movie original at Hobie. Yeah. And did it like a just a special night. And Sean came because Sean was in, in Five Summer Stories. So yep. Sean Thompson came down and 
He's all, we got a, we got a reunion of five, uh, of busting down the doors. It'll be 50 years next year. I'm like, damn. Busting down the doors reunion. We're just count it in. Like, you guys, uh, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get everybody over. We'll get everybody here. I'll yeah. fly, we'll fly the crew over, you know, fly Rabbit over from Australia yeah. and MR. And for next know, year. Ian lives here already and PT's, PT's right here. Right like, here. Yeah, so froth you guys should do a podcast with the whole busting down the doors crew. Like, that would be. Yeah, we did yeah. PT. We're waiting to get Kanga on. He's. Yeah, and Sean. Yeah, he he came. They all they all came on Sunday night. They were all there. That's rad. That's insane. But yeah, so you guys definitely got to come next year, dude. Hell yeah. 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 Now that we know about it, yeah, I think you guys should do some podcasts out of it. Well, easy for you to set up down there. I'll get you guys rooms for the weekend, and then you guys well, just stay down and do podcasts. That'd be amazing. Say no more. Maybe yeah. love it, dude. I mean, it's, yeah, you guys, <laughs> got, you guys could have got John John this year, and then yeah, we actually played Doggy Door, but Mason and Sheldon they they just um, they ended up just like pipe yeah. like we streamed them in from Hawaii, but it was insane. Like, the first exactly. time we did that, like, we cool. we had Joe on Alani. Yeah, you did. Cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, those yeah. guys are great. Yeah, and we're—I mean—we're down to you know promote too and do a, do a, a pot you know ramp up before you know yeah, maybe no, we no. do ticket giveaways or some sort of yeah VIP. It or, would be cool. to you guys get ahead of it? We'll know what movies we're picking, know? especially in the surf genre. We'll, we'll yeah. know what movies, and then we'll just get we can do a lead in where you guys are interviewing some of the people that that the films that are coming in. You yeah, know, it'd be cool. Give people a little snapshot and just yeah, be awesome. the hell what, what what are you not doing? What else is there? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm super blessed. I had such a you know amazingly luck luck you know. It's, Dude, so much right place right time but like it's just been really lucky to be surrounded by so many cool people and have worked with so many you know so yeah. many great people along the way but just lucky enough to do Arnett to Bill Wong to you know you know Fox and then Caddis yeah I'm, I'm so happy now like like you know Caddis is, is really doing well I work with so many amazing people there and um, really excited what, what that's where's, it, where's the offices you have offices here or funny enough like we Utah? before COVID we're like we're going to be a remote company we're going to prove it can happen and like when COVID hit we're like yeah. we were already set up like <laughs> so we're not doing anything different than we weren't like that's it was rad. so weird like when the COVID everyone was like kind of like freaking out of their new deal like we, we were already operating that way like almost two years going into that so when, when COVID hit we were already all, all where we were we're just about hiring the right people they're doing the right things yeah. you know, we, we established it that way and let people live where they're going to live as long as they do a really good job and yeah. you know, we've been lucky enough to like to hire really really qualified and amazing people in every every different discipline yeah. um, within the company you know it's fun being there because the person next to you knows what they know so much better than you do and yeah. vice versa and it's great to feed off that energy and it's kind of crazy that what COVID has taught us yeah. as far as like you know work can be done remotely yeah yeah you still need to get you know the team under one roof but it doesn't necessarily have to be every day it depends no. on the it, product I, and the brand and the people you know but yeah yeah but, it, it, but I mean it like, can't it can't live without the traditional structure yeah eight, eight hours a day in yeah. an office doesn't translate to eight hours a day of work. It's no. true. It's right. true. So there yeah. is some efficiency to it. But there, we just had our first ever offsite with Caddis. Um, we went to Utah, and, and and you realize how important human yeah connection and interaction yeah. is. And it was really rad. Like I was stoked. I mean, I worked with my right hand girl Gary. She, I worked with her since 2019, and we've never been in the same room together. So you know wild. that is so wild. I met her sitting at the bar in Denver for the first time in real in real life. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, so well, this crazy. isn't right. Like, we need to like interact more, like yeah. person to person. But it's crazy how you just feel like you know them, though. You know, like yeah. you feel like you you know how that world can you know you can create a relationship, but like yeah. there is something about the human human connection that's so important, and yeah, that still needs to happen. Well, you could just save the 
budget and go do more cool things. Yeah, so that's our whole plan. Is like, yeah. let's say, like, you know, you know having our big office and being in one place, but like our offsites, you know, bring back that whole our, our net. Okay, let's yeah. get some important like, questions. <laughs> yeah. Board Riders Club. Yeah. Are you in your Board Riders Club? You surf for a Board Riders Club. I'm I'm a lost sheep. I grew up in San Clemente. Living in Laguna. I live in Laguna, but I surf Creek. So like, where do I, where do I just, where like, do you go? Data point? I, 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 I would, I mean, I served Creek so much and so long so far. Like, I feel like probably at this point, like that would make the most sense. But like, I'm just on that cusp. Like you look at each of those places, like that, that 50 year, I'm just turned 50. So that 50 year old division, like it's gnarly. Like, it's that, you know, I'm right on the edge. I got to surf, I think till 60 before I get, <laughs> finally get invited. So there's three different serving. uh clubs that would be, yeah, club. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like a lost sheep, so like I yeah. just don't have a home. You know that's what I mean? So like, funny. You know, all the clubs are gnarly. They are all. Yeah. All three of those are gnarly. Yeah. And you know, like to be on the Goons Club, you have to be born there. It, yeah. I know where I sit in the lineup at, at um, Brook Street. Like I'm definitely fifth in yeah. the in in the lineup. If yeah. that, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you know, Mongo and Sly Dog and Frogger and Brandy and yeah. Hans, those guys deserve. Yeah, you know, they deserve their spot in the lineup. Yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, so I am a little bit lost sheep. I would love to surf the board riders. I hope one day maybe I'll get an invite if someone's there. <laughs> they're all on a snow trip or something. Hey, you get a yeah, be, yeah. Be, uh, pick, pick your club first. I'm an I'm a Noxon. No, yeah, I, I I think I'd have to probably. I, I don't know. I'm torn between Laguna and Dana Point because yeah. I, I do surf creek every day. You so. did North North LA or uh, yeah. was this, uh, North LA? Where does where yeah. Thousand Oaks fall into? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, northern, northern, yeah, northern, northern, northern LA. Northern yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna serve with Lipman. Yeah, me and Lipman will be on the team. That's Malibu team, though, right? What what, uh, what, what boards are you riding? Um, pretty much been uh, pretty dedicated to to Cole. Like nice. uh, Cole, I, I love his. He sh- shapes this wrecking ball that I love. It's like this five three little fishy thing that I serve at Creek a lot. And then uh, for my fiftieth, I I um, had Tyler shape me mid length. So epic. Uh, I've been surfing Tyler Warren mid length that I, yeah. I've actually loved. I've taken all over the world. I've been loving it. It's been been really fun but my good uh, shortboard pretty much that uh, wrecking ball yeah like cool yeah that's cool super fun yeah, five yeah. three five three dude it's is crazy. it a two plus one setup two or? plus one setup nice. still like 29 liters so it's got yeah. all the literage but like um yeah it goes good there because you know much point dude like you need something, you need something flat, zippy flat and zippy i mean at know? this age i just want to go fast same you know i'm not winter wiping anymore i'm not going to 12 o'clock you know or blowing the tail on on yeah. many turns <laughs> so you know yeah. i like just round surf round i surf know. like six days this way i can't even move yeah it's so awesome. like, that's a lot for you dude yeah, that's, that's good put some time in that's okay well, i'm hurting <laughs> yeah that's yeah. probably our last south hopefully not not going but yeah it's Fuck, that was so good this last week. Good. South was good. All the sandbars were good because everything moved to the northwest good. Yeah. and like Creek was really good all week. Everywhere. Yeah, it was. I don't think there's a bad beach on the I haven't seen orange. You know when you go surf line is like orange, like five spots in a row. Like Just you're like, what? Like, when do you ever see that? Like Yeah. So cool. Well shoot. Well, yeah, hey, congrats, man. No, thank um, you guys. Dude, thanks for having you me know, on you guys. We love uh you know, hearing people's stories and you know, we're all connected and we know yeah. people's accolades and what they've you know accomplished and where they've been and it's just really cool to like share like your story and everybody yeah. that we've interviewed i super appreciate it it's so fun taking yeah. a lap down memory lane you know like you forget a lot of this stuff and you know how lucky we were to, to live like through that whole era you know and yeah it's cool to look back and like really like think about all the yeah. you know people that were so important and, well you know, your journey great. is like so unique and, and different like 
you could have been stuck in Thousand Oaks, but <laughs> yeah. you got lucky and you moved to yeah. San Clemente. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the school of Arnett and mm. all the hats and roles that you played there that took you to the next step of working for, for Billabong. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, the the producing of movies, that, yeah. that's become a big part of yeah, that was all. Yeah, it's only the passion side of me. Like, so lucky to be at a company like Billabong that, like, you know, embraced it. Gave embraced, you, yeah. you know, film. Film was a big part of their journey. You know, yeah. with Jack McCoy to Taylor Steele and on. You know, so yeah. super lucky there. And then you know, starting your own song or having your own company. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's the great American dream. You know, yeah. It, t- it takes the sum of all the parts to get, yeah. to, get to where yeah. you are, and you know, I'm definitely a product, a lucky product of that. Where yeah. it, it took everything I did, you know, all the building blocks on top of each other to like have to have the life and the career that I have. So, yeah, super cool. Well, thanks for sharing yeah. your stories. Brother. Yeah, thank you guys. Really yeah. stoked. Awesome. Peace. Woo-hoo. Before we leave, though, we got to talk about sponsors. I got a new cat. You got a new. I got a new head. Late night with Chalky Trucker. You got yeah. red for the lady or the kid or candy's gonna coast, be rocking that. <laughs> left coast novelties. Yeah. Uh, we got you a six pack of Ashton Hard Seltzer. Awesome mango strawberry. That looks delish. We got a you fan. a stick of shade, shade sunscreen. SPF fifty. It's been around since the sun. I'll put that to good use. And then and we got uh, a little, couple packets yeah. of the Just Live CBD. Uh, calm gummies and energy gummies. So, you know, if you're feeling one or the other. couple cards. Bonsai. Bonsai right. bowls. Yep. You got one close to you. And I'm, I'm making catas for your guys' next sponsor. Yeah. yeah. Love right. it. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, hey, hey. man. <laughs> Thank you, Enoch Eanes Harris. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah, guys. Bonsai bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. Sunscreen. (laughs) Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best ickiest stickiest wax in the game foo wax late night with chalky is supported by inherent bummer surf entertainment thoughtful writing surf videos music and fresh hell for the core surf community remember 
it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.